Welcome to this third episode of A Word of Influence. I am your host, Perry Morton, and today I have a man that is like a video game freak. Like, we just <laughs> played like two maps of uh, Switch. His name is uh, Seth Fulkerson, and also on the mic we have Sonora Fulkerson, his wife. So, it's just going to be fun. Like I said, anyone that allows me to come on and talk about what they experienced growing up is amazing. Um, so we're going to ask Steph some questions. You know, you know the basics by now. What's your favorite video game? We're going to start there. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Perry. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, so formal. <laughs> appreciate all that. Uh, favorite video game? Uh, well, that's definitely going to have to be Super Metroid. Super Metroid? Mm. You ever played that one? Metroid... Growing up, which one is that? Is that the one for the... It's the one for the Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo, yes. It's the side-scroller, right? Yes. That's right. Yeah, I played that one. Never beat it, but why was that your favorite? So, Super Metroid's great because it melds everything together, like, flawlessly. Especially for a game that was made in 1994. It's got storytelling, uh, gameplay progression, the graphics, the music, uh, just pacing, everything, uh, just top-notch for its time. Like, it, it went through development hell. Like, uh, it was supposed to come out, like, two or three years earlier on the SNES, and it was a really late title, because, you know, by 1994, the PlayStation was already out. Um, it's just, everything about it's just so good. Now, like, now, how do you feel about games that go through what you call hell? Like, they're supposed to release a certain time, but they don't actually get released till like, maybe two or three years later. How do you feel? Is it because, like, a company problem, or is it because they necessarily have to push it back? Oh, I mean, if it's going to make it better, then that's what it's all about. I mean, uh, Team Fortress 2 took ten years to make, and that's one of my favorite games. Team, Team Fortress? I'm a, what's that? Enlighten me. Team Fortress 2? That's mm. a... It's one of Valve's big first-person shooters. Oh. Played, played Overwatch. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, like that, um, kind of. It's a team-based uh, shooter. Oh, cool. But, so, yeah, that was supposed to come out. That It was announced in, like, 1998. It didn't come out until 2007. So, hmm. like nine-year development cycle. Not dang. So, they put a lot of time into it. And, like you said, what, Super Metroid, I remember it now. I don't think I put, does the ending kind of, spoilers, I don't know, isn't it like where you had to escape because the place is falling down, <laughs> or is that the beginning? That's, well, that's most Metroid games, and uh, <laughs> you're not, you're not, you're not wrong, because it, well, starts and ends that way, uh, just, I mean, it's, I think that Super Metroid is like the pinnacle of 2D game design, like they just, everything just polished to a mirror sheen and it's just it's a game like alex on here and he's talking about bioshock infinite and how you can just pick that up on a sunday i'm the same way with that game except uh you can beat that game in like two hours so it's yeah. definitely <laughs> like it's to pick up and play like sometimes i'll be like well i need some game design inspiration or you know i i just i want to play one of the best games made i'll just play for a little bit two minutes not two hours later it's beaten <laughs> Every time. So has what is your quickest run through in let's say the PlayStation Two game bearer? Quickest like, run through like yeah. uh, completion. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, PS2 GameCube era? Yeah. That's kind of specific. Is there a reason uh, for that? No, I mean, <laughs> there's not a reason for it. I mean, you can go further, like, because there's, because like now PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4 have games like where beat this game in four hours. But when we were growing up, we don't, we really didn't have it. It was kind of like, I can play this game on the back of my head. And right. beat it in so much time. So I was just curious, like, did you have a game like where besides Metroid, like where you could just play it on the back of your hand? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple like that. Um, I'd say uh, Sonic CD is definitely one that I can play back of my hand. I guess it's not really a PS2 era one. I'm looking over there. <laughs> oh my, yeah, <laughs> my collection. This, I'm trying to like, think. This man uh, has a collection, guys. Like I walked in, I see Sailor Moon, a uh, Hylian Shield. And like a ghost shell poster, it's it's awesome. Like it's a, this is like a game hookup. It's, uh, it's locked. It's locked away. <laughs> yeah, but uh, one game that I was able to run through really fast with Resident Evil Four. Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, one a lot of people do. Uh, not me personally. Uh, I have not beaten Resident Evil Four, but uh, <laughs> you haven't. I haven't, but I haven't played it. So. <laughs> huh. Wind Waker. I, I do like, yeah, Wind Waker's a good one. Uh, I like WarioWare a whole lot. Wario, uh, hmm. Uh, the, but the, I, I didn't really want to count that because it's a mini game, micro game collection. Yeah. But I did play it a lot, and you know, you can beat <laughs> that. You can just keep playing that, and it's like an hour, so I guess that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I guess Wind Waker. I've beaten it a couple times, but. Okay. Now, how has, uh, as we bring it back full circle, mm-hmm. how has Super Metroid influenced you in life? In life? Yes. Well,. I want to make video games. Yeah. So, that's a pretty good reason. Yeah. Uh, Super Metroid wasn't always my favorite. That wasn't, like, my first or anything like that. But out of all, like, the games I've played, just because, you know, I really like science fiction and all that, um, just playing through that is just so good. Like, it's just it's so good. Like, you just, you just think, these guys did it. and uh, I I want to do that I want to even if you play it today I guess you haven't finished it um, I haven't finished it um, it just even today there's an emotional impact at the end that I just think is yeah real good even Sonora who over here is not a real big fan of 2D games she can hand the towel over to Super Metroid I have a bias with Metroid though yeah really is it that's that's my favorite series too. Just okay. full disclosure. <laughs> well, also that is your favorite series. Oh yeah, on Nintendo or anything, anything, anything. It's okay, just... okay, that makes sense. So, um, is it because you look at her as an icon, Samus? I mean, I definitely look at her as an icon. But okay, no, Metroid's my favorite series because it just distills everything. That I love about video games, it's just so video gamey. Like it's item progression, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you're always getting that better item, and you're exploring this world, this interactive world. And you know, the more items you get, the better you do, the faster you go. You can just explore, and it's just isn't. It's both you know story based and progression based. It just it just always feels so good to play those games. That and like I said, I'm very biased towards a science fiction <laughs> motif cuz Zelda has a lot of that stuff too. Uh, but but, yeah, science but, fiction, but, I mean. but what what is it about science fiction that pulls it pulls us towards it? Cuz like I did one last uh, podcast last week and it's like Star Wars or Star Trek. Mm-hmm. What is it about science fiction that draws you towards it? Is it because it's the final tier? 
and you don't really know it's the mystery. I know some people argue that the ocean is the most mysterious place, but (laughs) it's definitely science outside space. What is it that draws you towards it? I mean, you you really touched on that, that it's, you know, it's the final frontier. Uh, You know, there's so much to explore, but it's the hope for where you want humanity to go to, you Mm -hmm. know, just the culmination of technology and uh, the intellect and will of man to physically get the hell off earth and go somewhere else. But that, well, that's space-based science fiction. I like anything that just is rooted in logic, science, reason, that kind of thing. Mm. So, so something outside the Star Wars, Star Trek thing, or, or will you say that is kind of logic? Yeah. I mean, I, I like space operas and, you know, hard science fiction the same you know oh. big Star Wars fan big Star Trek fan you know I'm not yeah. gonna say which one I like more <laughs> but, uh, Ghost uh, uh, yeah Ghost to Shell and Cyberpunk I love that any, yeah. any, anything that's uh, you know yeah it's, it's awesome that like science fiction has a huge impact on a lot of people because mm-hmm. I didn't think I would like it growing up and all of a sudden you're like oh wow this is really cool because it's not on the earth and it's like different planets or different atmospheres, different intelligence. And it's really cool. And, like, the difference between Star Wars and Star Trek and your Metroid is that, I'm not, get me wrong, isn't she pretty much by herself, Samus? Yeah, I also like that a lot. Like, the, the feeling of, you know, well, maybe not the feeling of loneliness, but, like, just, you know, like that, that solitude, like, just being alone in such a big world like that that kind of stuff really appeals to me uh but going back to your original kind of point about science fiction and why i like it so much um it kind of like high fantasy and has the ability to weave in current day issues and and reflect it in a way that's not so obvious like Mm -hmm. you know like cultural and societal it's it's if it's done right then it's not pushed in front of your face and you know and you can apply what's in the entertainment towards the real life you've seen so many people say things like oh that was science fiction so many years ago like a lot a lot of sci-fi really lends itself to wishful thinking Mm -hmm. so as we have all or just join over the Nintendo Switch right now, <laughs> what are your hopes for the next Metroid game? <laughs> uh, well, what are your expectations? Let me put it that way. I mean, I'll, I'll take anything really at this point. <laughs> I mean, as long as it's not <laughs> other M. Uh, I mean, I'd love a new Metroid Prime. Uh, that was the 3D progression of the series. It was, mm-hmm. uh, I, I love it. Love those games to death. No, I'll be honest with you. I have not played the newer ones because I just have a problem with first-person shooters. Right. Like, because I can get sick. Like, it'll take, like, two hours, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not feeling this anymore, and I gotta go. Have you played the original on the GameCube? I only say it because it's a little slower paced. Each screen turns a little slower. So oh, really? You might okay. have a little... It might be a little easier on that. Well, field of view is real... It should be better. Well, honestly, I didn't think that game... That series should be in first person, though, for me personally. I thought it would be like more like Zelda. Like, you can see where you're going, but I can see why people enjoy it, because it's like that kind of Fallout, probably before Fallout, it's before Fallout or any first person shooter, 
in that room. Or Gold Bond, or no, like 007. Gold Bond? Not Gold Bond. <laughs> Gold Bond. That's Gold my favorite Bond. James Bond. But, um, Goldeneye. I, I, I see what you're saying. Uh, actually, Goldeneye was uh, first, uh, and the first person shooter was really pioneered by uh, Doom. Uh, but what Metroid Prime did that was so good was um, it made jumping in first person super viable. There's a, it's going to get a little obscure, but there's a game on the PlayStation uh, called Jumping Flash uh, mm-hmm. that had a first person's perspective that was a platformer. It was pretty good. Uh, the secret, it turns out, to jumping in first person is you look down. Really? Yeah. You don't look straight ahead because then you can't see your feet and you can't see where you land. Uh, and so Metroid Prime does that and it just melds all the puzzle solving stuff. Um, as far as your first person uh, point, a lot of people have said that. They think that the series should be in third person. And you know what? I'm just whatever. I'm fine with it either way. I mean, if it goes third person, I mean, Other M didn't really do it right, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not going to affect your overall gameplay oh, of yeah, the story. Because I mean, you're already, like you said, biased towards the franchise. You just want great story and great game. A great game, yeah. I just <laughs> yeah. want a good game. Just give me a good game. That's all I need. <laughs> now, you, you've been talking about how. You want to make video games. What, but any other video games make you decide that? Oh, yeah. I mean, every good one I've ever played. <laughs> I mean, name three. <laughs> name three, okay. Uh, Super Mario World, That's uh, that was my favorite game ever. Uh, I mean, sometimes it still is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the best it's the best platformer, I think. I mean, Mario, Mario 3, people can argue, probably is, might be. Mario World on some days. Uh, I just I like the aesthetic more of Mario World, and uh, it's some of its level designs a little better. But it's just my personal preference. Um, so it's definitely one of them. Two. I'm gonna jump around a little bit. I'm not gonna go down my list. <laughs> You're uh, fine. <laughs> uh, Half Life series, uh, particularly Half Life Two. Uh, just uh, I've heard a lot of good things about that game. It's uh, it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> more sci-fi. More sci-fi. Yeah. yeah, let me do a non. I actually, yeah, let me do a non-sci-fi. Uh, I do like Zelda games. Uh, yeah, who so, doesn't? <laughs> um, out of all, out of all the Zelda games, I, I change on those times. Sometimes it's Link to the Past. Sometimes it's Ocarina. Sometimes it's that's usually mainly those two. Uh, switch places. Uh, today I'm going to say Ocarina Time. Ocarina uh, Time. Because I do replay that one. <laughs> it's another one of those that I can just replay and go, yeah, I'm going to play. I'm going to play this yeah. all the way through. I mean, I think that Zelda. Well, I think besides a link between worlds or a link to the past. Link to the past. A link to the past. Besides those two. Sorry, you're fine. Uh, besides those two games, I think Ocarina Time set the tone for what Zelda games should be. Kind of. I don't know. I, it's kind of me being biased because I love the ability to be able to... Spoiler, but if you haven't played it, it's been like 20 years since this game came out. Just being able to pull the sword out and grow up. and just It was just like kind of a contagious thing to be able to do. But it, Yeah, that, that was a cool moment. Uh, just that game did storytelling very well. That, 1998 was a great year, by the way. 98 was a great. We got Nintendo 64 and PlayStation dropped the same day, I think. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm not going to get super anal about years. Because, <laughs> but uh, no, that, that was the year that there, uh, we got Metal Gear Solid, uh, Half-Life, and Ocarina all in the same uh, month, almost. Uh, so, storytelling and games really... 
leapfrogged itself. So, right did, so just curious, did, did they not come out the same time? Or uh, am I just wrong? I got them. Uh, September 1996, uh, the PlayStation uh, came out in the U.S. in 1995. Uh, it came out in Japan earlier in 94, sort of the Saturn. But, uh, oh. Yeah, it's, it's a little earlier on. It's because... Uh, a lot of people, especially our age, uh, the the heavy hitters and the really good games, you know, they usually come out at the end of a console's life cycle, and that's also when they get price drops. So mm-hmm. that's when most of us got our consoles was when they got cheap and they had lots of good games. Yeah, because so that's, that's when isn't that when Final Fantasy VII did come out? It came out ninety seven. Yeah. Okay, so that so. yes, that game will always be dear to everyone's heart that's ever played it. <laughs> so, what kind of games are you trying to make? What am I trying to make? Yeah, cause uh, like. How is that going? We'll start off with that. Uh, well, we don't have a name yet for our studio, uh, <laughs> but we're still working on that. We're just uh, getting together every week and working on something. But, I mean, just like anybody who makes movies or anything else, I just want to make stuff I want to play. I just want to make good games. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, we're making a platformer. I'm not going to show anything yet because it's really not ready for that. Uh, but, That's you know, we... later on, I'll do all kinds of games, whatever games we feel like making. That's that. Basically was my pitch when I went to my uh, friend, uh, Tyler. I was like, so I don't have any grand ideas for a game. Because, you know, most people when they make video games, they fall into the trap of, I've got such a great idea. Everybody's got great ideas. You walk up to some kid that loves games and he'll tell you, great idea. It's like people are like, oh, stupid kid. Your idea is no good. Whatever. His idea is just as good as the guy who just came out of... Doesn't matter. No, the I was like, hey... I don't have a grand idea for a game. I just want to make video games, and it's like, rock on! Like that's that's what <laughs> that's what it's all about. Because you know, uh, any kind of software development's gonna it's pretty difficult. <laughs> so what? Started on it? May I ask that? Oh yeah, uh, we uh, started working on our current project about a month about a month ago. Uh, oh, so it's really new. Oh yeah, we just started to. Do this recently, but I've wanted to make games forever. Uh, prior to that, I worked on a silly project. Maybe I'll show you later. That's <laughs> okay. Um, and I, I've always been experimenting with that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm more of a artist and designer than anything else, uh, but I can. Uh, so it's like the trifecta. Yeah. So artist, like, so you pretty much character designs and. Well, I'll do anything. Uh, I mean, that's what I that's what I originally was uh, going to school for, but uh, didn't really need uh, school for art. Yeah, it's either you do it or you don't. <laughs> yeah, no, she's not gonna answer. <laughs> no, I mean you have your own style, and you know if you when you went to school, they wanted you to do one particular art style. Yeah, and that that, that was you know it's kind of shitty, but I mean it's it was for the best. I mean my figure drawing just went up shot up 10 times when I took that class like it really is beneficial to just look at the human figure and study how it works because even exaggerated designs you have to uh, know how the basic human body works in order to mm-hmm. do all that but yeah I always say artist to artist I know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> it, it, it can be hard because like just to be able to think of what a character mm-hmm. would say or, like, what they would do in a certain moment. And, like, just to know, like, how you say the human body, it it, it can be a drag. <laughs> but I enjoy every second of it. And um, awesome, it really is. Um, let's see. My computer doesn't stop doing that. Um, so, 
nothing set in stone, but you won't give up on it, right? Because you want it. This has pretty much been your lifelong dream, right? Oh, yeah. Um, no giving up now. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I, I, I intend to follow through as long as my development partner follows through with me. Uh, even if it doesn't, I'll probably... Uh, It'll get done one way or the other. I've got a the develop the design document, which is what every video game is made with. Um, uh, it was done several years ago. Uh, at this point, um, I've just been refining it and everything. And you know, the past couple of weeks, we've just been we've been getting to a point where I think it's, it's going to come together. Like, mm-hmm. just, like I, I've, I've finished a very rough. Well, I didn't really finish, but I. Got lots of work done on a very rough prototype. I mean, so now, how how many hours do you think you put in just doing it? Like when you say you meet once a week, how many hours? Oh uh, well, we meet on Friday, and it's usually you know for like six hours or so. Um, I haven't restarted really full time like development yet. What I mean by that is, like I said, I, I've I've done this. I mean, I'm not new to making the a game like per se in the format that I want to do it like the, I, I did do a previous project last year and uh, even though I haven't done it yet I did spend every single almost every single night working on it and you know it's, it, can, it tallies up pretty fast like you know you spend 30 40 hours a week outside of your job working on it uh, but you know sometimes when uh, real life comes calling or you know home life uh, you gotta cut back just a little bit yeah. you gotta take care of yourself you gotta socialize a little bit uh, but, uh, once you really get sucked into it, it you know it's, it's gonna take five five hours a night I'm, I'm definitely gonna try to schedule myself a little better this time though uh, especially and because I have a development partner now that uh, can program probably better than me I hope you I'm hope so spaghetti, spaghetti programmer spaghetti. I make I make work but uh, it's not not pretty that makes sense though that I, like, everything's a learning curve and like mm-hmm. even like this podcast right now like if I told you how much time we've been in like you would go like wait I said a break like what what break <laughs> bro like right. we're, like we're killing it right now you don't even have to worry about it but everything is a learning curve and like I just love people that don't give up because like if you give up on something that you appreciate then you didn't really mm-hmm. see like now I just listened to a song today by LA it's called No Days Off and then I don't know if you do rap or anything like that, but he what he says like when you're reaching your dreams, you got reason to brag, and like I hold that dear to myself. Like anyone that does that, like when you reach that dream, <laughs> keep going, like because like it's just the beginning. Like I really want to see the, this platformer because like I don't know how to make those video games. I thought about doing it, but like, what advice would you give someone who would want to do it? <laughs> I don't think I'm qualified to do that yet. <laughs> I am as by, a beginner right now. As by no means any kind of expert on the subject. As a um, beginner, what would you suggest to someone that's, let's say, a novice? Uh, to learn how to do it, like just do it. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, just download Unity or a Game Maker or anything uh, free, and just learn how to program and. Just do it. Do a crappy little bullet shooter. Do something like there's tutorials everywhere. The in the land of like me, who I had a I had a programming class in high school, and I, I took a teensy teensy little bit of college, but it was nobody. Like there's just so many right now. I mean, 
it's never been a better time to be a gamer, honestly. Oh, like I said, I've said that countless number of times. Like, like if you're a nerd or like you're a bookworm or you're playing video games, it's like a really good time for mm-hmm. some good reason. Like, because like probably growing up, you probably had people go like, "Oh, you're a gamer. You don't do anything." Like, I I've seen it like in my own household. Like, well, all you do is play games. Like, not real, really being supported, but now it's like to a moment like, like, "Oh, that's really cool. You've been playing this whole time." And, like. Honestly, how does it feel? Because I asked a friend that, dating a nerd, how does it feel? Like, knowing that you're going to come home and see probably a video game being played. I've asked this. Well, I've been with Seth for almost a decade. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, though, like, first start now. Um, that's probably I mean, that's pretty one, overwhelming. That's probably, <laughs> you know, that's one reason we got together. I mean, you know, yeah, that was one thing interests. that yeah. bonded us, and then you got me into Metroid, and that's, you know, my... Bread and butter now. <laughs> <Is it? laughs> Metroid, Deus Ex. Yep. Really? I played Deus Ex? I've oh, never played yeah. that. Deus Ex is definitely <laughs> up there in the favorites. can beat that game's ass. And she's <laughs> talking about human, human evolution, not, not the original. Oh, the original? I wish I could, but it's still a great game. I <laughs> That's but awesome. That one's hard. Um, but, no, I mean... I don't know. It's just all, our interests, what, you know? Yeah. It's just our yeah, interests. It's just makes, part of our life, yeah. That's what makes... I know sense, some... You know? Like I said, I don't play games. I'm like, but that's part of his life, though. Like, that is him. Like, why are you telling me? You I'm, can't... No, I'm not going to make him... <laughs> you know, I'm not going to make you change. Yeah. Why would I be with you? I'm going to make you change. Yeah, that, yeah. that wouldn't work out anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> It'd be like asking him, you know, hey, what's it like being married to somebody who likes makeup? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like some people are weird like that, you know. Like, well, you play in video games too much, you can't. I'm like, but I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not out in the street. Exactly. <laughs> like, I'm not doing anything stupid. <laughs> you, I'm right here with you. Like, I'm probably guessing, like, when you're playing Zelda, you were right next to him. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, doing my own thing. You know, yeah. even though we're married, we've been together. I'm, I'm still my own person. Yeah. You know, I do my own thing. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> You know, go, yeah. go make your game for five hours. I'll go chill with my dogs. <laughs> yeah, you can go chill with the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, we... I, I know this is going to be a heavy topic. Ghost and Shell. Mm-hmm. Ghost and Shell. This man has, I guess, Japanese import, is that what you said? It's a Korean import. Oh, yeah. God. It's a technical Korean import. Well, it's because uh, otherwise I wouldn't be able to read it. <laughs> oh, really? Well, the K- Korean... Uh, He's talking, I have a standalone complex uh, Blu-ray set. Uh, it's the Korean release, the Japanese version, and the only reason I got that is because it's region-free. It'll play on my Blu-ray player, and uh, it's got English subs for the Japanese. Uh, I mean, otherwise, if I just got Japanese, it'd just be all Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> be so, like, all right. So, my question about that is, mm-hmm. isn't the actual episode-based episodic? Is it episodic? Standalone complex is episodic, yes. It's just a normal ass. You haven't seen it yet, please. You're talking to me. We're getting to that. We're getting to that. Like you're talking to me. Yes, I, I will watch it. Like I feel like I need to because, like, growing up, it came on TV, but I never watched it. Like I was the same way when it came on. I think I was too young to really get it. I was like, "What's this stupid talking?" Like I want to see Dragon Ball, you know. But it's my favorite anime. It's ever. Uh, definitely for grown-ups. Uh, and I'm yeah. glad that you called it Dragon Ball and not Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> no. I like both, but <laughs> no, I, I call it all just Dragon Ball. Oh uh, yeah, this entire Dragon Ball. My, one of my cool friends is Alex Sutton, and he calls it yes. all Dragon Ball. Yes, <laughs> he's great, but. How did you feel about the movie? <laughs> How did I feel about the movie? I mean, I liked it. I mean, I thought that was pretty good. I really liked it. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't perfect. I yeah. Mean, I mean, it was to... a Hollywood-ass movie. I mean, <laughs> so... But they, they really did a great homage to the fans, I think. Yeah, the... Especially if you've read the manga like you have or mm-hmm. watched the anime. Yeah. Seen the movies. Yep. They had every little aspect of that. Yeah, the art direction was top-notch. Uh, they definitely nailed the look of the series down pat, more or less. Uh, and oh, by series, I mean the entire Ghost in the Shell continuity. Like, the kind of gritty, uh, but Japanese kind of tinged, kind of Blade Runner, kind of sci-fi kind of look. They just they nailed it in live action. No, my, my problem, not even a problem, I watched the movie, you know, it's like, okay, this is a really good movie, or, I said it was decent, that's what I told that looks, I said, it's a decent movie. Mm-hmm. I said it was decent because I'm not a fan of the series, I'm not for sure how someone from the actual series is going to enjoy it. So, I wasn't for sure how you got other people would feel about the movie, <laughs> like, you know, as, because, um, sorry guys, we took a small break. So, with it being, we were talking about how you, it might be different for different people to understand how Ghost and Shell is. How did, how did, so everything was up to par for you guys, or for the most part? <laughs> yeah, for the most part. I mean, it simplified a lot of the more, like, complex aspects of the franchise, but I mean, it's a, hell, it's a Hollywood movie. I yeah, mean, if you're going to try to appeal to a broader audience, then you need to, you know, make it more accessible. I guess, but, I mean, it's, I think it's still... Yeah, I mean... As a fan, I liked it. And, <laughs> and as a fan of movies, I thought it was pretty, pretty, pretty good. I did, I did try to watch it from an objective point of view, though, as somebody who's never seen anything Ghost in the Shell, but I was just... It's hard I was when they... Too hard it's hard when they extend the hand to Olive Branch and say... Yeah. Yeah. Well, my... My mom actually watched it, like, a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And she actually enjoyed it. And I was like... But she doesn't like manga or anime or anything. And she asked me, like, what's it about? And I'm like, well, it's pretty straight to the pool. It dies, and then they take her brain, and they put her into a machine. Mm-hmm. And then, which meaning, hence the words, ghost in the shell. She's like, oh, that sounds really interesting. I might have to watch it. And she's like, I like it. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting thing. It's different. Now, did you feel like... This has been the argument. You know we're going to go this way. Of course. <laughs> you know it. It's kind of... Do you feel like it was whitewashed? I personally don't think it because support the movie. They didn't see any of it. And like when the director of the original, give me the name because I can't. Comes out and says the shell can be any color. Mm -hmm. How do you guys feel about that? Well, the style. I played devil's advocate for a little bit. (laughs) Change it up a little bit. Uh, the main basis behind the whitewashing argument um, was the fact that an Asian American uh, that uh, that's kind of like the sticking point uh, not Asian Asian American actor didn't get the chance to play the character and you know you want to ask yourself well of course it wouldn't have done as well if they had hired a you know a nobody actor that was you know not ScarJo. Um, but then, you know, the other, uh, angle to that is, but why is that? Why is it that, you know, an Asian American, uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, it's kind of, kind of a problem. Not enough representation for that kind of thing. Um, I mean, in the end, it doesn't, 
uh, harm the story. In fact, it kind of, well, uh, without getting into too big of spoilers, it kind of plays into the story itself, um, which some people were even more offended by. Really? Um, I thought that was actually pretty good. I liked it too. Um, <laughs> well, because a lot of people, have you seen Get Out? Yeah. Oh, no. I haven't watched I haven't, it yet. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen it either, but I already, I already know it. I already know what happens, and you know it's 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 the reverse plot twist in that movie, basically. Okay, but the cult, but people were saying that's the culture appropriation part. Like, well, it was based off, and and like even like Alex came on and said, like, look, I don't understand why people are upset because if the Japanese company is okay with it, they didn't see a color problem. Why is it that Americans did? That's just that's opening up a whole different can of worms of uh, you know. How our culture works and acting as shields. And you know, going into that, it's kind of funny. It kind of it kind of ties in with Ghost in the Shell anyway, with how the internet is changing the culture because now right. that we have the internet, we're so interconnected and everything's being questioned, and you know, people are choosing sides and we're becoming more divided. But at the same time, we're exposed to everything, so now we're asking these questions like, why is this? called whitewashing why aren't there more asian american actors you know right but not to dodge around your original questions oh you're fine i don't like when people dodge around stuff okay Uh, do i think that it was whitewashed well it can't be because i'm pretty sure matoko's shell was uh european so uh based on the objective literal uh definition of the term whitewashing uh, the property was not whitewashed because I'm pretty sure Major's shell was white. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you can argue from like a moral standpoint that it should have been, you know, an Asian person, but that, did, that, that didn't work for the, that didn't work for the story. I mean, to me, whitewashing is when you take a role that is, you know, specifically for a, a Japanese person. And you, you give it to a white person. Um, Bato, he was a Polish. He's a white dude. He, mm-hmm. I mean, um, in the movie, he wasn't a full-body prosthetic. In the series, he is. So, again, that would make sense. That's that's a little detail a lot of people are glossing over. But why isn't that a bigger deal? I mean, why? why, why? Because he looks like the character, maybe? It's kind of like how Matoko looks like the character. Mm-hmm. Because if you, if you read the the manga and stuff her body is manufactured uh, to have European uh, features so mm. uh, to, to just to, to answer the question no the, the movie's not whitewashed it's just outrage culture at work again wanting something to complain about uh, I mean maybe if uh, Aramaki was a white person yeah maybe that might be a little whitewashed because Aramaki uh, you do with the big <laughs> the big funny hair. Yeah. The dude who speaks Japanese. Yeah. Uh, he's Japanese. So that, if he was a white person, which which he's not, then yes, to me, that would be whitewashing. You were saying? Oh, I was just saying, I thought Scarlet kind of did a pretty good job oh, she's keeping great. the broody... You she know, plays the character great. If you yeah, Matoko, I think she did really well. Even like her posture and everything, keep her mm-hmm. shoulders down. So Matoko is her actual name, not Major. Yes, and see, that's so. another point I'd like to bring up too, is I was confused when I first heard the movie coming out and they kept calling her Major. I'm like, why do they keep calling her Major? Her name's Matoko. Yeah, it's Matoko. And that's a big part of the movie, is that yeah, they took big. away her identity, her 
right. or Asian descent. But mm-hmm. everyone else in the movie, their names are Saito, Borma, Aramaki. They're all Japanese because they weren't, they didn't have their culture taken from That's them. That's right, that wasn't taken from them. Mm. So, well, so pretty much you guys stand on the opposite side of what people are arguing to be tradition. If they're just cool because like people are arguing right now that Idris Elba shouldn't be the next James Bond when Bullshit. that <laughs> that's di- James <laughs> and see that's that's the tricky part right because because technically you know that that is but it just depends on how close you want the character to stick to its original source material let's face it there's been how many fucking James Bond movies have there been? <laughs> There's 25. It's always the same kind of fucking white dude. I mean, that's if... That. This is what I'm going oh, hell no, I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Like, yeah, I'm like, ready. Like I'm ready it. for them to piss off the world a little bit. I need it. I mean, because, like, like, you see it in Doctor Who. Like, they're saying, like, they're about to do their first girl doctor. That's going to change up a lot. And I hope that it doesn't pull people away from the series. Okay. What... About Ghost and Shell really makes you like it was outside of sci-fi. Is it just a character development? Or, like, how different is the manga? So, what, what movie are you talking about? Oh, uh, Ghost and Shell. Well, I mean, like, what? Like, which one? The live-action one or the... No. <laughs> yeah, my bad, guys. There's been multiple Ghost and Shell movies. So, if you caught the uh, Scarlett Johansson one... Or is it Johansson or Johansson? Or I'm pretty sure it's Joe Hanson. <laughs> Joe Everyone Hansen. calls her Scar Joe, so... Scarlet Joe. But if you've seen that one, that's what we're focusing on. But there are anime movies. Like, there's three. There's, there's two. There's, well, there's technically a third one. It's, it's, the, feature, it's the feature length. Uh, and it's, technically, it's an OVA, <laughs> but what, whatever. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. <laughs> okay, yeah. we're focusing on those movies and uh, Scarlet Joe's. How different are they compared to hers? Are there supposed to, is there supposed to be a sequel or no? Are there sequel based or is there just a own interpretation? I mean, I think a sequel would be great. Um, but uh, let me uh I was saying like like the anime movies, are they sequel based? No. They're not. So they're uh-huh. d- different interpretations of it? Well, well kind of. It, the second one does fall after the first one. Yeah. Well, uh, let me decompress your question a little bit. Uh, the, the first part of your question was, why do I like it? And, uh, well, I just, I do like cyberpunk. I like how Ghost in the Shell presents a very uh, realistic view of the world that's interconnected. Cyberbrains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, just uh, how the internet and automation and uh, prosthetic full prosthetic bodies just how all that's going to change the world and it doesn't a very believable grounded universe you know there's nothing there's really nothing that outlandish at all that ever happens because it is it's near future uh, the majority of the series takes place in the late 2020s um, but well, that's why I like it. Uh, moving on to your next question, uh, how it uh, relates to, and does that go for you too? So. Oh yeah, and I, the second part, I think the Hollywood one is probably just a watered down version. Oh yeah, of yeah. The original movie. Yeah, for the most part, it follows the original uh, movie, which is uh, based on the manga. So the first thing that came out was the the manga, uh, 
it was serialized. It didn't finish until 92, I don't think. Uh, it was all collected into one uh, volume. You see over there, it's real thick. Um, right here. Oh, and... Um, yeah, you've got an actually connected. There's a, there's a couple of ongoing plot threads, uh, like the Puppet Master and all that, and then a, a couple of the other chapters are kind of standalone. It's funny because you know that 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 comic came out, um, and then came the movie, which was based on the Puppet Master uh, chapters mainly. Um, there's one; it's, it's it's really crazy because um, if you watch the movie, there are uh, some lines taken just word for word manga, like just really? yeah, it's great. Or or some of the words are just a little bit changed, but you that's just translation. Uh, differences but and the reason for that i find out just a little bit of trivia for you for you people out there uh the uh, uh script setter like the person basically did the english script for the uh manga is mm-hmm. the same guy who did the script for the uh english uh version of ghost in the shell like the original 1995 movie which is kind of why there's they're so Entwined together, That's right? Awesome. The English versions are, uh, but yeah, the, so that movie, the 1995, the huge one, the, the big daddy, the anime expose to the world, uh, that one was based on those chapters. And pretty much each, like the anime series, standalone complex, is kind of loosely based on some of the ideas and the other chapters, and so on and so on. Like, it's it's, it's kind of funny because, like, each chapter of the manga is just kind of broken out into its own kind of thing and each kind of interpretation uh the universe of ghost in the shell is kind of funny i don't know i keep saying everything's kind of funny <laughs> it's kind uh, of funny bro. it's all kind of funny <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of goofy uh, <laughs> yeah. the shit. So <laughs> it's it uh because the, none of them are the same. Like, there's no ongoing canon or continuity. It's just all different interpretations of the same work, the mm-hmm. same original work. Uh, standalone complex um, is more of a police procedural, which I am a huge fan of, uh, which is probably why I love it so much. Mixed with that kind of cyberpunk intrigue and mature adult storytelling. Great characters. Uh, great characters. Just uh, it's super good. Uh, Ghost in the Shell, the movie, and its sequel, Innocence, uh, which is the animated sequel, uh, those two are way more serious, uh, way more than the manga, because the manga is a lot more uh, lighthearted and, uh, you know, goofface, Japan, you know, mm-hmm. kind of lightheartedness. Uh, it gets serious at times, but it's way more goofy than any of the other versions of the story. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially, especially the movie, which is what the live-action movie focuses so much on, is the uh, original 1995 film, because uh, it, it just lifts set pieces and scenes wholesale from that movie. Have you, have you seen it, Perry? Uh, wait, the 1995 no, no, one? No, no, no. I haven't, you, seen, I haven't I mean, seen any of it besides uh, sorry, the movie. I haven't seen any of it, so it would be nice to be able to go back and see what got you oh, guys yeah. into actually enjoying it because like you guys say this is your favorite animated manga of all time yes. so definitely <laughs> I, I mean i just that's bold statements with like there's a big trio out right now in dragon ball naruto and one piece so. so so ghost in the shell to me is just my favorite type of anime because you know I, I do like other anime yeah i'm not i'm not as super into it as i used to be yeah, or probably. I mean, you know, because of all the stigmatizations around it, and mainly because Ghost in the Shell, the anime has you know that cyberpunk kind of 
mature adult kind of storytelling on a different level. It shows you how animation can can tell a different story than what Disney can. What what I got out of that whole movie is that it was someone trying to find out who they actually were. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find themselves. Like I understand. That's, yes, See, that's, that's a that's a huge huge thing. The biggest. Yeah. Yes, and, uh, and I enjoy that more than anything. Like, like anything that like where you're trying to understand what the character, like the main protagonist, is trying to find out about themselves, and like if it can carry throughout the whole movie, then you know the movie's gonna be great. Because like it's really futuristic, mm-hmm. and like I wasn't expecting. I know it was futuristic, but I didn't know it was gonna be that futuristic for the time setting, and like just think like <laughs> she's supposed to be the first of her kind. No spoilers, but. <laughs> But, like, I actually enjoyed it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I plan on going back and seeing it whenever I have time, of course. It was like, the anime list just keeps growing, but I'm pretty sure it's at towards the top. It has to be. Like, that's that's I, what... I, I think that's, that's... We're probably, um, once again, biased on that, though, because, I mean, that's another thing that, you know, we've been... That brought us together is we think about, like, this really deep philosophical shit <laughs> so anything oh, yeah. that makes oh, super us think I'm about fine. why we're here why any you know life nerds anything. <laughs> nerds are locked and in and that's what Ghost in the Shell is it's like you know what are humans what is it to be you know what's a what machine? is it to be human yes know, what right? is it to be human what's the point you know what makes us special if you can just meld with the machine mm-hmm. you know and if you can just create other humans you know their human well, life well what the series brought towards me uh, there's another one because it's futuristic and it has like what it means to be the machine, what it means to be human. It reminds me so much about Astro Boy. Astro I still Bo- haven't seen that. Yeah, I haven't seen Astro Boy. <laughs> You've yeah. seen Astro Boy? So, mm-hmm. but have you read Pluto? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's based off the enemy of Astro Boy. It's called Pluto. And, like, I would recommend that to anyone. Like, it's really deep. It's really dark. And you see what it was for, like, Astro or Autumn. Autumn or Adam? I think it's, it's Adam. 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 Yeah. It's but been a while. It's been a, it's been a while. But, like, yeah. that that series holds dear to me. And, like, Urasaka did a good job of his uh, representation of what that Astro boy did. Mm-hmm. And same way with Ghost in the Show, it's, like, you see characters, like, in, like, I realize that every character we talked about somewhere has been a woman, and it's awesome. Like, yeah. feminists are actually... Oh, yeah. Into that. <laughs> and, yeah, I love that. Like, because we haven't seen a lot of it here recently. If you look at the last decade, it's been, of course. But I'm outside of the character, mm-hmm. outside of the main character of Mikado? Matoko. Matoko. Uh, who's your favorite character in that series? Uh... That's, that's kind of hard. Yeah. I, 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 you gotta go that route because you can't have the main character be your favorite. Bato. Well, I would say she's not my favorite anyway. It's, <laughs> okay, it's definitely, it's definitely probably Bato. I, I'm, I'm drawn, I'm torn between Bato and uh, Wow, it's funny. I <laughs> forgot one? his name, Crispin Freeman. Oh, uh, Tokusa. Yeah, Tokusa. God, I can't believe I forgot his name. Is that just... the guy that got his eyes? Uh, that's Bato. Bato. That's Bato. Okay. Um, it, so. What the names in this show? Toga says the one doesn't have any enhancements except for Cyberbrain, so that makes him the most human. He's the relatable one, um, the most, because you know he's just a dude who's just a hard-boiled detective man uh, with super soldier cop people. But uh, Bato is more 
this really complicated character, which is why I really like him. He's got that tough guy exterior, uh, but he's got that heart of gold underneath all that. And the relationship between he and Matoko yes. I love, and they kept that in the movie as well, and I appreciated that. Yes, they. Uh, <laughs> he, he is in love with her, um, but it's never, ever stated. It's, ne- <laughs> it's never stated. He never says it. Uh, series never says it just the way that he acts towards her you can, you can tell uh, and I, just, I love that and just the way that they interact just so naturally you know both as commanding officer and as just as friends and it's good stuff it's you, good series you say dang it it was a uh, like it kept going and it was great and I lost it it'll come back eventually <laughs> uh, but um yeah why did that just leave me? Like, it was a great setup for a question. And, uh, I don't know. Ask away. <laughs> Ask away. Um, dang it. We were sitting there talking about Ghost and Shell. Now, what is it that separates this from other science fiction novels that you've read? I mean, it doesn't, I mean, if you read Neuromancer, I mean, or, any, or anything else in that vein, it's not that separate, uh, but uh, just the aesthetic I think I just really like the, you know, the clean Japan kind of feeling, you know, how they are, like, mixed with the grimy, grungy kind of cyberpunk aesthetic, I think, just... I, I figured it out. Both of those together, <laughs> just, is just, it's really unique. It's, I figured it out. No. As, as biased fans... Yep. Did That's you us. feel like you went in there, like, with a checkbox, like, for edu- everything they did right? No. No, we try to go in as objectively as we could, as hard as it was, because, yeah. like you said, they extended all of But we honestly didn't have very high hopes. You honestly didn't have high hopes. I mean, the la- uh, let me just put it. Let me just put it this way: I saw Dragon Ball Evolution. Who didn't see that movie? <laughs> I saw it. I saw it with a group of friends, and we were the only people in the theater, except for like two other guys who were laughing with it with us. So that that was about the bar. Uh, for anime movies, and uh, I'm not going to count uh, Edge of Tomorrow because that was a light novel and not a manga or an anime. You don't think it's a manga? Whoa, it's that's a, a light novel. It has, uh, you know, if you if you read light novels, they're mostly words with some manga stuff thrown in. Really? Did you know well, that? No, I didn't know that. Light novels are pretty cool. <laughs> okay, <laughs> ha- har- the Haruhi series is a light. Well, novel. like I was, tr- I even brought that up is that how is that movie not get free a free pass if it doesn't if it, you know, like we don't consider that whitewash but we consider uh, Ghost and Shell because they're both mangas in a sense well how does, it, how does that get a free, how does it get a pass well I'll uh, parrot Alex on one point uh, that nobody knew what it was for one yeah. nobody knew that it was a you probably don't even know what I'm talking about do you know what Edge of Tomorrow it was a Tom I don't Cruise. know it is. It's a, yeah it's Tom Cruise yes yeah, Tom Cruise hey, um <laughs> The re- but yeah, one, nobody knew what the hell it was, uh, so that, A, it's like no one can be outraged if they don't, don't know what the hell they're getting outraged about, and uh, two, uh, it's, it's very loosely based on it. They did their own thing. They set it in, what was it, Los Angeles or whatever? They, yeah, yeah they, they set it in a different place. They uh, changed most of the character names. They made it its own thing. Like, they didn't, because that's most people's arguments for Ghost in the Shell. It's like, well... You can you can do it, but only if you're gonna name all the characters differently and take it somewhere else and not have it be Asian like that. That's the 
argument, kind of like with the Death Note movies. Okay. And they have different names. That That's mainly the reason. When is that? Is that this year? That's this year. Yep. Netflix. So, time. you guys have, are you guys have high expectations? Or you feel like no. that? No. <laughs> no. No. We were, I was so excited when I heard a movie was coming out a few years ago, but then I saw, you know, it, was it going to be in Seattle or something? And what they renamed the guy? I don't know. Probably not like light? Samuel no, or something. It's, it's Some whole, shit. That, that is whitewashed, I would say. Because it's absolutely... You think so? I would say so. Because that's... But they changed they change the characters and Elle's, Elle's black. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that'll that'll I mean, be I interesting guess, to see. I guess it's fine since they're saying it's they're going to base it in, in America. I it's mean, just, Willem I guess it's Dafoe just Ryu. interpretation. That's a great, so good. great character. That was the best Willem part Dafoe of the whole thing. Who? As Ryuk. Oh, really? Yes. I, like, so I only saw the first half of that, sh- that series because, like, that's the only good half. That's the good half. That's the good half, for real? I mean, yeah. they do go to America. But I, I mean, they go to America, but it's what Death Note's very disappointing. I guess I could say I'm glad they didn't do that with Ghost in the Shell. They kept all the characters the same. Yeah, they made a straight adaptation. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I did the same thing with Avatar, The mm-hmm. Last mm-hmm. Airbender. Yeah. Like, before I even watched it or even seen it, I saw the movie because someone said... Go watch the movie for me. Okay. <laughs> I went to go watch the movie. Toy Story 3 dropped the same weekend. I'm like, fuck, I can go watch my movie that I grew <laughs> yeah, up go, watch. Yeah, go see that. I, I can go watch that. I grew up with it. Yeah. I just graduated college, too. Not college, high school. I could watch something I grew up with because Andy grows up, too. Because that's what right. pretty yeah, much exactly. it was. Yeah. But no, they said, go watch that. I thought it was an okay movie. I was like... I, was like, I don't know. Same way with Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, uh, I heard yeah. it sucked ass. Yeah, it's, but I it's, so, it's 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 just a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a bad representation of what Nickelodeon had as their show. Yeah. And like when they named and they said Ong instead of Ang, I was like, yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, like, that's different. Yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah, it, it, like I felt like. That was the same way with Ghost in the Shell because, like, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to say it's a good movie and then someone that actually enjoyed the movie really hate the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... I'm glad you guys actually enjoyed it. I'm glad a lot of people enjoyed it. I just hate that we as a society cause it not to be better because, like, there was, like, way in that theater, like, the first... I went opening night, opening night to see it and I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Like, I had... No problem with it whatsoever, and like my friend was like, he was one of the heavy advocates for why it was a good movie, even though he has never seen it. Like, look, we're looking at it the wrong way. You shouldn't look at Scarlett Johansson's fault. And obviously, they funded the fucking movie, so they didn't see a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Wait, so what makes this different compared to any adaptation of uh, Lord of the Rings? Peter Jackson, and like we got in that conversation. How do you feel? Have you read in the Lord of the Rings? Or, uh, well, not to lose my uh, nerd card, but I only read, read through uh, some of the first book. I didn't really oh, I didn't finish the series. I mean, but yeah, the, I, I, I love those fucking movies. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. I I have all of them. I've read through them once, and mm-hmm. that's fine. But like you said, the movies are great, and they're really good adaptations. So good. And, like, they, they follow word to word of what's going on. The only difference is, I've noticed, is that the spider should have been in the second movie. Like, that's, was Sheikah or whatever? Sheba? Sheba. She should have been in the second movie. At least, uh, have you read it? 
I, I only read a little bit. Tried, like, yeah. Uh, only, it's it's uh, it's kind of rough. Only because it's a little wordy for me. Really, but I that's, love the movies. That's sacrilege to, to one of my hey, friends. Hey, you know, no, that's God, cool. Like, <laughs> you know, you can read. I, I'm a picky person. It's, oh, it's me. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> so, but you're like, we won't touch much of it because like, that's my baby. But how can you and how were you able to go power through Game of Thrones and not Lord of the Rings? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just—I I read through the whole series straight through. Like I just—I got uh, my friend uh, gave me a, uh, his ebook copy, and I just read through the whole thing on my Kindle. Uh, just, I just—the way that Lord of the Rings is written, or at least when I tried reading it, I just—I just, just kind of hit a wall. Like, yeah, Martin gets super fucking wordy and focuses on the feasts and whatever or not, uh, but. And, you know, on some of the minute details and goes on and on and on, but, um, I don't know, it's, it's, I guess, I really hate saying it, but it's modern enough that I could, you know, I could really get it. Well, modern, in my head. I said modernism, which is what draws us towards things, because, like, mm-hmm. one of my favorite all time is The Great Gatsby. I'm drawn to that book every time I read it. Like, I can read it from front to back, all that. Do you feel the same way about Game of Thrones? Could you you feel like you could like like how you can say you play Metroid on a, any given Sunday? Can you do the same thing with Game of Thrones? I do with the first three books. The first three books. <laughs> I mean, four and five were whoo, a little rough for me, uh, but I mean, uh, Storm of Swords was just amazing. That was that was a excellent read through and through. I I loved it. Be honest with you, I have the books, but I have every one of them. I haven't read them. Yeah, I've, that's the same with me. Like, I mean, you know how I said this. Lord of the Rings, Song of Ice and Fire is, I'm just, I guess I'm just a picky person, it's not really for me either, just because he's very repetitive and monotone. Yeah, like, that's, that, I mean, that's some of Martin's, uh, I guess that's some of his writing downfalls, but, I mean, I, I plan to eventually read through the Lord of the Rings, just because, well, because one, because one of my friends probably go crazy if I ever finish it. I should try uh, again. I do need to try again because I absolutely love the movies. But yeah, and too, because I adore those movies. Uh, and I just, I, I should, should read the book. Yeah. yeah. And like, to touch back on like comic books in general, you mm-hmm. said that your favorite character is the most relatable. Togiko? Sorry. I'll say my Togusa, but I'll, Togusa. Say my, I'll say my favorite characters. But about us, kind of mulling it over. But yeah. okay, I've read an article. This is what the thought was that and the checkbox thing. It yeah. always, it's all coming back. It all comes back. It all comes full circle. Mm-hmm. I read an article when I was writing my paper at school at K State. Is that children seem to be more interested? They appeal more to characters such as Spider Man, Harry Potter. And not in Batman compared to your superheroes like Superman. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's true? Because like you said, like that's the most relatable character. I mean, that's that's all of. It's pretty much all my favorite characters are ones I can usually relate to. I mean, if some if a character's pie in the sky, it's you know the a whole the whole part of getting into a. Um, good story is getting emotionally invested in what the character's doing and all the trials and everything that, that they go through and you know, they're somebody you can't relate to. It's more like you're reading about the character than you are reading with the character. Mm-hmm. I guess if that kind of makes mm-hmm. sense. Like something happens to to you know 
this character that's like godlike that doesn't really have any that I can't relate to that has like no failings. It's like okay, I don't care. It's like good for that per good for that character. Move on. Let me go to the ones I care about. I mean, I, I think a lot of people uh, think that way. Like I said, according to that study, mm-hmm. and like, yeah. How do you feel about that? Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I do. Um, but sometimes I also just like characters that maybe I don't really relate to. Somebody that I maybe aspire to be mm-hmm. more like, like, like Matoko. She's my favorite. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, she's even though she's the main character, she's my favorite just because I just love her character and her resolve and the way she goes about things. And I love the way they portray her in the series of standalone complex because. You know, she's this big badass woman, but she's still got a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. She's still personable, you know. And I just, you know, relate to her. And You say that as I look at a Sailor Moon. <laughs> hey, you know what? You, like, I, know, I know it, man, but it's just nostalgia. No, is, that, mean, is that a nostalgia thing? Not definitely, more? but I do also, I don't know, it's, it's good if you're, you know, someone who's, just a girl or you know identifies as a girl you know it's just it's just a feel-good thing you know if you identify with that because it's just very sisterhood type of thing and I get I don't know if men have that you know just the brotherhood I mean like no like that's probably the best representation of sisterhood and mm-hmm. like I what's his name the Phantom Thief is there a Phantom Thief in that? Uh, tuxedo. tuxedo Mask. Yeah. That's actually one of my favorite characters all the time. I love Tuxedo Mask. <laughs> all the time. But, like I said, like, what Brotherhood animes have caught to you? Besides Justice League or Avengers. <laughs> anime or? Yeah, just... anime. Or in general. Brotherhood? Uh, I mean, the... Star Trek? <laughs> I'm about this close for making a cheesy joke and saying... Okay, <laughs> Brotherhood. Uh, Alchemist is great. Uh, but yeah, that, that's great. I think probably Dragon Ball. The, yes. Dragon I, Ball? She's told the answer. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the whole. So much family, you know? Like, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, I just I love that. How just, just the Saiyan race in general is amazing. Mm-hmm. He goes and goes from one generation to the next, just yeah. like that. It's all just one continuous story. And like you said, you saw Dragon Ball Evolution, you're like, yeah, this shit's not. Like just tra- straight trash. Oh, that's straight up trash. Like, <laughs> it's hilarious trash. Uh, but I actually watched it. Like, I love, a I couple... love bad movies. So. Do you? Oh yeah. So you are you one of those people who, like will pop down like on a Friday night watch a bad movie? <laughs> well, there's a there's a running joke with me. Hmm? It involves episode one, the Phantom Menace. Oh my god! Don't even. <laughs> don't even. Phantom Menace. Yeah. Oh, Star Wars? Yeah, that movie's a, a fucking heap of trash, but <laughs> I just... Not, not to derail too much from your questions, okay? If I derail a little bit. Hey, go ahead, bro. Let's get this. What so, you got for me? I guess kind of segueing into Star Wars a little bit. Um, I am just so fascinated by, you know... You know Star Wars, just so huge, like just yeah. huge cultural phenomenon, yeah. and it was gone. It was gone for seventeen years. You know the Timothy Zane books; they came back, the Thrawn trilogy in the early nineties, and uh, kind of renewed interest in in Star Wars. It's pretty much is what started the the prequels. Kickstarted George and Lucas into saying it's time to make money again. Um, just, but I am so fascinated 
by the hype around Phantom Menace. Like, just, <laughs> there's hype about that yeah. shit. Well, I mean, like, well, at the time, like, you, you remember, don't you? That movie, uh, that was huge. Oh like, yeah, huge, like bigger than Force Awakens. Like, the 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 hype for Force Awakens was nothing compared to that movie. Like, just people were fucking losing their minds about Phantom Menace. Just these <laughs> hardcore fans, and you know, people who went up, who had watched, you know, the original Star Wars trilogy, were so excited for this movie. <laughs> But I just, I couldn't fathom, like, I'm, in in this respect, I am so grateful for being a child, because I could not imagine being a grown adult that excited and that invested in the Star Wars, <laughs> and then seeing the fucking Phantom Menace. <laughs> one of the shittiest <laughs> movies. Like, like just why, oh, in respects to both the franchise it is, that it's in the kind of movie George Lucas could make, everything about it just a complete fart. Like just, I think Attack of the Clones is a bigger fart than that. Oh yeah, that that, that that well, yes, you're not wrong. That movie also sucks ass, but I just I think it's I think it's hilarious, and it just every time I watch it, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. Like it, it's not a bad character. No, in there. it's bad. Every single time. We get drunk. You want to watch it because I just I'm and then you don't remember it because that's the other thing. I can't remember that fucking movie, and I've seen it so many times. But the just it's so funny to me. Like just that is just endless entertainment. How can George Lucas take something? It was guaranteed to be a hit. Obviously, you saw the hype. Guaranteed to be a hit. So. Like the number one list on how do I fuck something up <laughs> so badly that should never have been able to be fucked up that badly in the first place. Like just, it sounds like a. I love it. Like I mean, it has a good cast when you look at it. Liam Neeson. Yes. Yeah, I love it. it has a top <laughs> fucking great, great cast. Liam Neeson, Oscar fucking Schindler. Like just. Oh my god. I, keep, I was forgetting he's in that movie. He's Qui-Gon fucking Jin. I know. He's Qui-Gon he's fucking Jin. Qui-Gon fucking Jin. Yeah. Not even Qui-Gon Jin. No. It's Qui-Gon and fucking Jin. I like that. I just, and you guys watch it every time you get drunk? You're like, oh, not every time. Oh, no, but every time we drink, he's always like, hey, you want to watch Ben? It's, it's, it's a running like, oh, joke. <laughs> So you don't like that movie either. I, okay, let me... Hey. No, no, the one time when we went on vacation together for uh-huh. our anniversary, we went to Florida. I woke up at 3 a.m. with a TV on and Phantom Menace was on and I got they were, so They were running that marathon mad. on TV. I was so mad. I was like, the one time I could get away from everything, get away from your shitty movies, I, I it's have, on. I have a book down there called Anticipation, uh, the real-life story of uh, The Phantom Menace. It's, it's a book, and it uh, documents the hype around the movie, and it, it was unreal. Like, really? Like, so there's an actual book about this shit? There's a lot of it. Yeah. And wow. Just, uh, and, I, and I got the book, and it's way out of print, but I got it just because, like, I'm just fascinated by it. Like, just... Like, just as, one, as a nostalgia thing, because I was a kid when it came out, and, you know, Star Wars was huge. Not just the movie, but, you know, just all the video games and everything that was happening around it, you know? And it's like, it's this generation, Star Wars. Um, 
and just for it to be so bad. Like, yes, you're right. It's far from the worst movie I've ever seen. Like, I've <laughs> yeah. seen some extremely bad movies because, again, I like them. I think they're I hilarious. Like, but I feel like I've got to do this like every time. Because like everyone's like, it's the Star Wars. It's the Star Wars year. Like every year right now is the Star Wars year. Yeah. It's amazing. Rank your Star Wars top three right now. Favorite movie. Empire Strikes Back. Of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Star uh, Star Wars, uh, New Hope, and then uh, Return of the Jedi. So, really? So the prequel. Uh, I mean, uh, well, I mean, I I like The Force Awakens like a lot, like a whole lot. Uh, but I'm not ready to rank it yet. Not until the. Well, it's all said and done. It's all said and done. What about Rogue One? Uh, let's not talk about Rogue One. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I remember you made the comedy like, like it's, I'm not the only one that fell asleep during Rogue One. So, I was tired. I'm so, sorry, guys. So, for one yeah, reason I why I fell asleep was just the battle uh, sequence near the end. It, it drove on, and I was tired. So I went to, <laughs> so, I, so I was asleep for a little bit, but I just didn't like that movie. Like, I, I mean, yeah, it's 10,000 fucking times better than The Phantom Menace or any of the other, <laughs> any of the other prequels, but, um... I just, I mean, without spoiling anything, not that I really can, we all know what's going to happen at the end of that movie, and to all of the characters. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, you know from watching the movies. What's going to happen. Yeah. I know some people that didn't know. She that. says it. Mom, Mom. This information no. back to us on the map. She says that in the movie. No, we were talking about, like, they didn't know it was right before the fourth movie. Really? Yeah. Really? Like, yeah, they, they didn't it realize it. has to be, it. though. I like, mean, they didn't realize it. Like, he said, oh, I didn't realize it. I'm like, did you not see Darth Vader at the end of it? And, like, they said, yeah, but I didn't realize it was before it. I'm like, really? When the hell else could it be? <laughs> yeah. like, it has to be after the Empire is created, and but before. <laughs> yeah, that's but, silly. But, like I said, that's the lore of Star Wars, though, like, where we can go, like, take something and, like, tell you the story behind it. Because, like, you knew about the Death Star how they got the plans, but actually to see how close it was without spoiling, like, how close they were mm-hmm. to actually getting it onto the ship was amazing. Mm-hmm. And, like, seeing Darth Vader and, like... I mean, know, that's actually, the best scene. I mean, even as somebody who didn't really like that movie, I'll go to fucking town for that scene. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, I mean, my like, God. What, so, what are your expectations for The Last Jedi? Some people are like, he looks going to the dark side. Some people are like, they might go balance Jedi. I'd say balance. Oh, it's balance. I mean, that's that's a red herring. Like, the, you know, the poster, him saying, we got in the Jedi, you know, like the red lightsaber, it's all red herrings. They're trying to make you think that he's going to go to the dark side. He's not. He's, that. so let's, let's look at, let's look at how well the Jedi have done. Let's, let's put out a little short history. Let's see. So far, uh, we've produced Anakin and Kylo Ren. Good job, guys. The Jedi, <laughs> Jedi Order is doing real fucking well. Uh, I look at it more as like, if it wasn't for the fucking Skywalkers, none of this shit would be. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. But, but um, dis- discounting that, um, I mean, Luke's got a point. You can be force sensitive. You can use the force. You know, you can do all that shit. But you don't have to be a Jedi. Like, you can have like the training to be a force user. But you don't. That doesn't have to come with the label Jedi. As I mean, you have to not feel, you know, all that kind of stuff. I I just think that's more of what the movie is going to be about is uh, realizing that you don't have to become a Jedi in order to uh, save probably... save the world or whatever the hell. And I think Kylo Ren's going to have a fucking um, 
what do you call that? Heroic uh, turnaround, I think. I hmm. think that's it what they're like going to do. seems like they're delving more into the extended universe, I suppose, with the balance of the Force and everything, you know, not so... I just don't think they're going to... Sith, gonna... Jedi... You know, exactly. Like yeah. I think that's so played out, and, you know, like, the Shades of Grey are... For one, it's a more interesting story, and two, <laughs> that's that's how the world is, you know? Like, I, I think that's what they're trying to, to, to go towards. Like, yeah, you have your big, bad... Uh, New Order or whoever the hell what do you call it First Order First I, Order you yeah. you have them like that's your big bad but I I just think that they want to I think you know what am I trying to say like I, I don't think Luke is gonna fucking kill a bunch of younglings I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. think that's gonna happen yeah I don't think that's gonna happen but more and more I think about Star Wars I think of the book uh, The Brave New World I don't know if you ever read it but Alex Huxley, and when that book, it's more about how everyone is alpha or beta, or they're trained a certain way to be beta or gamma, or like be this way in society. This is how you will be. You will never be top notch. You will be, and the ladder keeps continuing. Mm-hmm. I see that a lot in Star Wars a little bit because you have all these characters that come from nothing, or like especially with Ray. You, mm-hmm. She's abandoned. You don't know where she is. And they're trying to break the system. And I feel like her character is different compared to even Luke or Anakin. Because Anakin was supposed to be the chosen one. And like we see him fall from grace. Well, that's debatable. Because you can say that <laughs> the Darth Vader made his grace present. But like Luke, he seems to be iffy. Like he rose to the top. But like he's troubled. And I feel like what they're going to do with Rey is like... Allow her to see both sides, like you said, balance. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be cool. <laughs> I have no problem with it whatsoever. I'm just glad that, like I said, Disney's doing a great job of like having John Boyega, Daisy Ridley, and whoever plays Captain Poe. Like, of this, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, yeah. Like, this is probably the best trio since the first. And that's one reason why I like Episode 7 more than I like Rogue One, which maybe I'll get, you know chastised for but I <laughs> absolutely love the characters in episode 7 and Rogue One I'm just kind of like meh and then they died and I'm like well okay <laughs> yeah like that was what was good about Rogue One you got attached to characters that you knew were gonna fucking die no I just I mean me personally I just I mean it, like what was her name I mean it's uh Jadu I can't remember exactly like I can't remember that I mean yes I think it was great that they did that they did deaths I, I'm <laughs> Yeah. Uh, spoiler tag on the podcast. Spoilers, they all, fuck, yeah. all spoilers, fucking die. Spoilers. They all each individually get uh, death scenes, and I didn't. I didn't think they were going to do that. I thought they were going to just have the fucking place explode, and you wouldn't have to see them, um, you know, suffer and die each individually. So I mean, I, I liked that. I thought that was pretty risky for them to do, and they did it. So. I'll give it that. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did like that part about it, uh, but just over overall, like I, I mean, if somebody puts it on, I'll you know, probably watch it. But you know, it's like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get the Blu-rays or anything. Oh, no. I have it. Yeah, it's, it's just a thing. And yeah. along with Star Trek, of course. Yeah. Like we still like I, I say all the time, if it wasn't for Star Trek, there'd be no Star Wars. Well, uh, <laughs> at, well, actually, 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 um, actually. it's funny that uh, you say that um, because. You know, Star Trek, uh, it was popular on television, but it was also kind of a flop. 
because uh, it only ran for 50-something episodes. The original series did. Because mm-hmm. um, sci-fi, in that, well, for one, it was pushing a lot of boundaries people weren't comfortable with in the 60s. Um, oh, my God. Let's talk about the 60s. Why don't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, but sci-fi also wasn't, you know, it was popular, but it wasn't like 50s popular anymore. Um, so Star Wars came out, and it totally... Uh, blew the can open on uh, science fiction and so all the movie companies after the huge success of Star Wars scrambled in their vaults uh, to find sci-fi stuff to put out that's why you saw a huge boom of that shit in the 80s um, Paramount saw they had um, Star Trek and that's why they made those movies the original six movies was because of Star Wars success they're like oh yeah we have this and uh, these reruns are doing pretty good on TV we'll uh We'll, t- we'll take it back, and then you know, then that movie series was hugely successful. Star Trek, then the Mid Next Generation. I Ooh, mean, wow. So, in a sense, Star Wars did kind of cause Star Trek's success to kind of come back. Because r- really, at the end of the day, if Star Wars hadn't have happened, Star Trek would still be awesome. The original series would still be there, but it wouldn't be popular the way it is today. No way. Not, be- not except not <laughs> except except for like the hardcore. Uh, Trekkie fans. Yeah, like I won't even come up consider myself a hardcore Trekkie. I'm more of like the newer movie kind of thing. Cap- mm. Captain mm-hmm. Kirk. I like. And then, like, it got me into the series actually because like I guess that was the best interpretation that I understood during the time because I was just a kid not really understanding anything was going on because like science fiction is actually new to me. Mm-hmm. Like I really try to stay away from it and then. Growing more into literature, like, okay, there's a lot of good stuff in here. Like, not Guardians of the Galaxy, but Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is an amazing read. Like, I'm, like, on book three. I don't know if you guys read it, but, like... A little bit. I saw a movie, so... But, like, the movie is really... There's something funny about, like, a galaxy... uh, Aliens from coming out to blow up the Earth just to make a high... Highway. Space highway. And we not know anything about it. And, like, it's... Interesting, it's awesome that you guys fishing because, like, knowing what's out there. Mm-hmm. While that book, what Adam Douglas did, was made Earth look like we didn't know shit. <laughs> and it caused our demise. Well, and, we really don't. And, like, we still don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I mean, well, I'd say we both, st- I mean, I still love high fantasy. I mean, yeah, I, I love I, high fantasy. I mean, I love that shit too. Yeah. Like I uh, said, day, would, you, but... would you consider, like, is um, Game of Thrones high fantasy? Uh, no. No, it's, it's, even with the dragons or uh, it's weird. It's a weird mix, which is one reason why I love it. Um, it's you know, it, it does have those elements, but it's mostly rooted in, in realism, it's, like medieval yes. kind of. It's, I would say it's. A, I don't think low fantasy exists. I don't that think that's an actual genre, but I guess <laughs> Game of Thrones <laughs> might actually be it. But it's, as you as you are an actual reader of the series, mm-hmm. and you're waiting on the Winds of Winter. It's never going to come out. It's never going to come out. It's supposed to, it was supposed to come out this You know, he it's, says never. It's never. Oh, uh, God. But you pretty much knew the... Did you feel like you didn't have to watch the show? Uh, I mean... Like, I, for, like, right now, up to, up to now, did you feel like you didn't have to watch the show? Because you knew everything. Kind of? Well, I mean, I watched the show before I read the books, because oh. I had never... I mean... I wish it was the other way around. Uh, but by the time I started reading the books, though, the show hadn't caught up to that point, so I didn't. I did. I didn't know what was going to happen. 
by the time the last couple seasons aired, but uh, that show hasn't been very good lately. So. You don't like it? Oh, I lo- I lo- Game of Thrones was, was one of my favorite television series, and I would have called it my favorite for a while, um, but, man, the past couple seasons have been bad. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. Really? I'd say at, like, seasons one through three. Oh yeah, four's no. pretty good. Four's okay. okay. Four's were dropping off a little bit. Yeah, towards the end, I can see where you guys are saying it. Mm-hmm. But I thought maybe because you write it, you're just like, okay, I'll just wait until the new shit comes out. When like, because some people like when you read Harry Potter mm-hmm. growing up, you're like, well, I'm like, I'm ready for the next thing. Mm-hmm. It's like honestly, I started off like you said, like with Game of Thrones, maybe two books in of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I started with Chamber of Secrets. I didn't read the first one. I just went straight on and then went back and read the And so, the same way with Game of Thrones, it's like, you've read it, do I need to watch a show or do I just wait? But as a fan, you're probably just going to continue to watch it. Oh yeah, I'm going to keep watching it. I mean, because if I don't, then it'll get spoiled for me somewhere else. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, a lot of people don't want to watch it because, you know... It's going to spoil the events of the books, but then then you just kind of to break down spoiler culture, and it's like fucking what this. It's you know if it's a good story, then who cares? Like just you know the focus on I got to be surprised. It's just, it's a little much sometimes. I mean yeah, I'll I'll admit to like I'm very particular about like uh, you know like E3 like showings and stuff. Like I want I want to watch that and be surprised. So I'll have to like Facebook like you know blackout. Uh, but I, I'm starting to get a little more receptive because you know if, I, if, if I'm gonna like the story, then who gives a who gives a shit? You know? Yeah, yeah because like me personally, I try to stop mm. most trailers and anything. Like the last year, they're bad nowadays. <laughs> yeah, they're like real bad. Like if you've seen Batman versus Superman, those trailers just like told you the whole fucking movie. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like yeah. like they give you 11 minutes of clips and you're like okay do I really well, I need I just saw a movie <laughs> I just saw a movie hey, the, the Phantom Menace was better than Batman vs. Superman I will I'll really? give it that I'll oh, give it that wow. fucking accolade oh. so 100%. what is your favorite what is your favorite comic book hero then my favorite comic book hero yeah Batman Man. I've always been as a kid oh god as a kid I was embarrassingly into Batman but then as an adult I, you know I grew in the more subtleties of the character and all that kind of stuff. I'm not like the biggest Batman fan or, or anything, but out of all of them, he's definitely my favorite. Oh, before we start podcasting, I walked in, this man had the first issue of the New 52 Batman, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, because I'm actually wearing a Batman shirt right now, and it was awesome seeing the comic book just chill. And just chilling. Just chilling. Like, I've never actually read this series. I'm surprised you, do you have most, do you have a lot of comics, or no? Or just no, this one? No, I'm... Like I said, uh, I'm a little inexperienced in the comics uh, verse. Um, it's definitely something I want to get into, uh, just because a lot of those stories are really good. Alex Sutton, it's for you. Next time I, I go over there, he's going to give me a... I'm going to take my f- uh, hard drive, and we're going to fill up some e-comics. And I'll try to get caught up that way. But I'm, I'm for sure interested in all of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, up till now, I, I've just... Uh, I read a bunch of graphic novels just because it's way easier than, you know, going out and locating, like, a run or whatever. Uh, so I've, I've read, like, The Killing Joke and Dark Knight Returns and Kingdom Come and a lot of really, you know, highly recommended ones. I mean, they're fucking fantastic. Yeah. But, uh, you know, 
the the thing with just doing that is you don't get this much, and you know you don't get to. So I know people who read whole like runs and get attached to that particular. Yeah. yeah, they like that's a whole different level of appreciation. So and I, I want to get there. And, You'll get so, there. Yeah. Like like everything comes slow, and I and I would definitely recommend both of y'all to One Piece. Like if you can, <laughs> I know you haven't read it, but like it's worth it. Like. We'll see. Like, you'll see. We'll see. <laughs> let you let you go on to your DC and Marvel universe a little bit, and then we'll bring you back to the dark side. <laughs> I do want to. I always hear good things about it. Yeah. Man. I, gosh, it's overwhelming. It's uh, yeah, it's pretty it's overwhelming. overwhelming. It's, it's overwhelming. Huge. It. It's, Every time like, I, I, I like it. Ninety tackle like, bonds. There's like what three aisles of One Piece manga. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Jesus. Where... Okay, that's not really overwhelming if you think about all the books you probably read during that time. It's true. Yeah, that's true. But I, I think it's just if you look at it, then it's like, oh, holy shit! Look at the Lord of the Rings. Like that, like oh, by itself was over a thousand. You're like, really? I'm about to read a thousand page book. I don't know why <laughs> that doesn't bother me as much. As... Or Harry Potter, like what's okay, the well, what's the word count on that? No, it's just I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess... And I guess I'm also just afraid because everyone's like, it's so good, and then I overhype myself, and then I go to read it, and I'm like, this sucks because I overhype myself. I'm no, I got that problem, too. You, I, sure. re- I really feel like you guys will go in there and find a character that you'll like, and you'll just keep reading about. Because everything that we've discussed has, uh, even what you're doing in life is teamwork, in a sense. And like that manga really focuses on even Dragon Ball focuses on a lot of teamwork. Star Trek, and like... Mm-hmm. There's actually a rivalry between that. Who's better, Captain Kirk or Picard? Uh, Picard. It's, I don't have to be Picard, I mean, but excuse me, Patrick Stewart. Okay, yeah, 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 but there's no objective reasoning behind that. By the way, it's all opinion based. <laughs> if we're gonna read One Piece. You gotta watch Next Generation because that's the best. Oh, TV see, see, oh my see, God, are you see. already trying to no, just get a thing going? I mean, like, I mean, I'm just saying if you, you know, I'll start tonight. Picard is fantastic. I'll start Star Trek Next Generation tonight. Season one's rough. Just warning Season you. Season one's rough. After yeah, that, it's bad. real good. Oh, it's not bad. It's not it's bad. Just, it's just weird. It's far <laughs> cheesier than the rest of the series. I mean, it's all cheesy shit, but, you know. It's the 80s. It's the 80s. It's, I mean, but you gotta love the 80s. Like, I've actually, I've really said, I actually would say, I wouldn't have just spend one day in the 80s. Yeah, what, what I was like, like, oh man, that'd be great. <laughs> it's my favorite kind of music, too, so yeah. Really? Yes. What kind of music do you guys listen to? Uh, it's, it is quite a cliche, but I do listen to everything. Oh, uh, I, I, I really, I like everything. If it sounds good, you know, rap, metal, What kind of rap? Rap. You say rap. That's kind of interesting. So, <laughs> what kind of rap? Come on. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm really, really, really into 90s hip-hop and R&B okay. and rap. That's who, just... who, who? Tupac, Mickey, oh, Jay-Z? Yeah. Yes. You're okay. naming all of them. I mean, okay, okay. Uh, so you're more the American Hustle Jay-Z, not this new Blueprint 3 shit type shit. I like that. For sure. <laughs> so you like you more of those uh, juicy kind of yes. biggie kind of people. <laughs> I like that. But is there like any new concert music you like, though? Um... Yes. Julian K. Yeah, they're my favorite band. Um, <laughs> Julian K. Um, they're on... Oh, shit. How do you... How do you... How would you categorize them? I have no idea. Like, electronic uh, alternative, maybe? Electronic alternative industrial... Synth kind of thing. 
yeah, something along those lines. Right. Um, but yeah, we we 80s. both yes. <laughs> well, I don't hear the '80s as much as you do, but it is there because they're all older. Uh, but yes. oh, they're older bands. Okay. Well, I mean, well, like, well, well, they're not an older band. They're just they're a, they're they were in. Maybe if you heard of the band Orgy. I never heard of that. No, band. they're uh, they were like a, kind of of a metal band in the late '90s. Even if it's more of like a industrial synth kind of metal in the late uh, '90s, uh, they had a famous single it was a cover of Blue Monday, uh, but it's mostly members and them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I listen to just about anything okay. if it sounds good. What do you listen to like right now? Like, if you were to go to your car, what are you listening to? Just whatever's on the radio. No, I. Uh, I mean, I'm think. We have a local station in town that plays nineties. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that is my favorite. But... Really? Okay. Oh yes. Some people uh, say they don't like it because they you know, like they have to bleep out a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah. I it, know. It, oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yes. Uh, that, that that sucks that they do have to do that. <laughs> I mean, pretty much anything from Run Run DMC is gonna be like instrumental, yeah. <laughs> more or less, if they yeah. try to play anything from there, but. Yeah, like uh, I'll I'll listen to just about anything. You listen to about anything, so I mean, I'll, I'll she won't, but I'll listen to country. You listen country, country like where it crosses the border yeah. a little bit. It's like, like I said, I'll listen to anything. <laughs> like you listen to everything. It sounds good. So Garth Brooks, maybe no. Mm. I mean, I think he's funny. Sometimes I sound like <laughs> him, but you don't like so no, no. She's like no. I just well, they said those two. Uh, we talked about it like in the car up at school is that if you listen to jazz or country a lot there seems to be a lot of suicide thoughts that go through your mind really yes really? I don't know why we talked about it in, intensively I don't know how true it is but it seemed to like put you like in a, a mood because like uh, Whiskey Lullaby I don't know if you ever heard of that one uh, put that bottle to your head and pull the trigger mm-hmm. like they're pretty much trying to drown your sorrows away and like I didn't really connect to that song until after we talked about that I'm like oh well I guess so I can I can see it but it's a good song and like it's not about suicide but (laughs) I can see why someone would think that right I found your picture today it's kind of a sad and mean song well and I guess why other genres don't evoke that is because you know you're I guess because you can, like, dance to it. You can't really dance the country or anything, right. you know? So it's like, I don't care what they're saying. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's like, oh, whatever. It's so about got, killing so, someone. I don't care. Sonora got a little blackness in her. <laughs> That's not what she's saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... No, I just, I, really, I like music you can, you know, yeah. tap your feet. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Too. Um, Which is why I like that radio station. Yeah. So, so My favorite, my, and it's funny because my second favorite uh, band is uh, Dream Theater. I'm really into I thought for sure you'd say Disclosure. No, they're not really banned, but yes, I, I would say they're definitely up there. Favorite groups, but seeing that's a that's a little European house band, uh, Disclosure is, and then Dream Theater is a progressive metal band. So I'm all over the place. I mean, that's, good. like you said, like I had to start coming over all over the place because, like, I remember when I, the first time I heard Flatleaf, I was like, oh, they're actually pretty good. And I said, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, and then within Temptation, it was right around the corner for me. I'm like, okay, they're actually pretty good too. I really enjoy their band. And all of a sudden, 
when you start getting to the rap genre, you're like Kanye West. Like, okay, mm-hmm. Kanye, we yeah. see, we see you. Like he gets a bad rap, but okay, I love Kanye. Like I go on record too. Like fuck y'all for saying Kanye sucks. He he's, he I makes he's good fun. music. Uh, he is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. He's great music. And um, right now in the rap genre, I don't know. Do you like Kendrick Lamar? Upon heavy recommendation, um, uh, he might grow on me. <laughs> he might grow on you? Yeah. I'm, I'm not like, I think it's just because all the hype. Everyone is just like, he's the best damn, I know. Do not, <laughs> do not, don't live in the moment. Whatever you do, do not live in the moment in whatever video game or music. You know what it is just based off Ghost in the Shell. You guys talk about it. Don't believe in the hype. He's a good artist. I'm not like what he's doing for his fan base is great. I don't like personally. I don't like his new album. His new album sucks. You think so? Yeah, that is like the contrarian opinion. That's basically why I started listening to him because everyone was like, "It's the best fucking thing no. that's ever been made." No, 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 no. Here's what you, here's what I'll tell you. You listen to Damn. Yes. You listen to Damn. So you listen to that whole shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, Humble is the most contradicting song I've ever listened to in my <laughs> fucking life. So, I mean, I'm, was that the point? I, I don't know. I don't I, know. What I don't know. I, to make, but yeah, but I enjoy. That's actually my favorite song off that whole album. It's the most contradicting. He gets a point of her cross. Be humble, and that's what I, I agree with. That be humble. Sit down. Go ahead. Do what you need to do. But fuck damn. Go listen to Good Kid, Mad City. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably give him, I'll give him a listen like, for sure. You listen to Good Kid, Mad City, and you go to Damn, you're like, what the fuck am I listening to right now? Like, Good Kid, Mad City has so many good tracks on it, and you're like, why the fuck, like, what happened to this Kendrick? And, like, I'm just listening to Kendrick for the first time in, like, a month. Like, that's the first time I ever heard Kendrick Lamar, and also I hear all these good tracks, I'm like, I remember all these songs? Why the fuck? <laughs> like, where, where, where is this at? And like, I understand that was two album two albums ago, but it was really amazing. Like it's an amazing feel. Like I listen to it at work all the time. Like I like this album. Like 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 how Alex said, like Frank Ocean. Like he's really loves Frank Ocean. Like that surprised me. I think anyone like Frank Ocean since he came out of the closet. And I'm glad that people still love him because he's a great musician. Right. Because they're not basing it off what he is outside of his. Artist, artistic skills and like you said like you listen to damn so I feel like you should like because like I, I did the same thing like I listened to damn first I was like oh no I just, I just can't get into it then I went to Good Kid Mad City I'm like where is this at I need more of this in my life <laughs> but, yeah, I keep hearing about him too I'll have to listen to him oh now you do <laughs> yeah <sighs> We had a big debate. I was like, have you listened to that album yet? Everybody's talking about it. And she goes, huh? Who? And I'm like, I wish I could be like you and just fucking play out. Yeah. It's great. She, she, oh. can, she can. She's got this uncanny ability. It's just, it's like, you heard about that thing everyone's talking about? Huh? Like, seriously, like, I love it. Like, and that's what makes us different. Or like, it's like outside of like, we have a lot of shit going on in just today's real life. Like politics and like how we might be going to war or whatnot, but like if you're a gamer, like we said, like it's a perfect time to be a gamer because like we're so into it, immersed. Like here's the topic that like we haven't even talked about yet: Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. You probably enjoyed the fuck out of that game. Oh, that's an understatement. <laughs> oh yeah, 
Um, <laughs> let's, let's see. I don't... Without spoiling it, how? Because like I refuse to spoil that game for right. anybody. Was your was it meet all your expectations? And um, did they exceed them? I, I'd say that it definitely exceeded them. Um, so that's the great thing about Zelda games is that they are so few and far between that you have a little bit of time to forget why you loved the last Zelda game so much. Like, with annualized releases or, like, games that come out too close together, I'd say your uh, expectations grow a little too high. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, you know, Zelda games have a good four or five years between them, you know. Um, Five, five or six. Yeah, 2011. Um, So... That was 2012, but... Okay. Something new and unique again like just it you know so many open world games because I've, I've played quite a few of them um they're all checkboxes basically or they were up until this game they're checkboxes of shit to go do so with breath of the wild instead of the checkboxes being out outlined to you you make the checkboxes yeah, like you go through the world you do you naturally stumble upon events like everybody's first divine beast everyone says it's uh Zora. Zora. and that was mine too and then you're like why the hell is that uh, for one i wasn't looking for the divine beast at all when i stumbled upon the zora one it's just because somehow the map the way that the designers laid it out like just the way you explore and the way that the enemies are leveled and everything you gradually get towards that corner of the map then you then you meet uh I don't want to spoil anything. You meet uh, uh, Shark Prince, uh, and uh, (laughs) everyone goes crazy over it. It just goes from there. And then it's just, it's so organic, like the way that the game flows from a fucking Zelda game. Like, for a game that had so many conventions, and like you said, expectations stacked up against it, I think that's what I was trying to get at earlier, was I didn't really have super high expectations, because it had been long enough for me not to have them. Like, it, it's kind of like the, the bar for a Zelda game is, it's going to be good, right? Yeah. It's going to be good, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, you know, it's a fucking Zelda game. It's going to be good, right? So, you go into it, I start playing it, and I'm like, oh, this is good. And then, <laughs> you know, it just starts to keep going and going. And then you realize, you know, once you have all your uh, runes and everything, you're playing through it, you're like, this is special. Like, like yeah. this is... This is this you know this is the same as when people played through Ocarina or any other kind of revolutionary uh, game design mechanic. Again, it's been so long since we've had one of those. Yes, it, a game that just sh- fucking tears open conventions on a genre and makes it new again. Okay, shout out to Regency Bias Radio and the Clash of Critics. I will be on there later on tonight. Um, they we we came up with this that like if you didn't play The Witcher. Mm-hmm. But you play Zelda, you're fine. Like you're straight up fine. I've never played. I'm, I have The Witcher Three myself. I haven't actually played it, but it's like I feel like those two games are just like when you talk about can like I don't feel like anything can go into a boxing ring <laughs> without it. Like those right. two games are like juggernauts. Like in that sense. I have The Witcher 3. I haven't started it. I, I played. I started playing through Witcher 1 and 2, uh, but I haven't played through 3. I've seen people play through 3. I know how this. I know how it sets the bar so high for uh, questing and storytelling in an open world game that nothing else can compare. Mm-hmm. Like just 
you know, side quests that have better writing than sometimes the main story. Like, I've seen that. Uh, I get it. Like, that's the, that's the thing. Like, you know, you see, like, Bethesda's got a lot to live up to in their next game. Like, yeah. Witcher 3 probably made a lot of people at Bethesda really kind of wring their hands a little bit because I don't think that they're going to make another game. People are going to go, like, you saw it with Fallout 4. People were like, what the fuck is this? Like, mm-hmm. with the side quests, they're like, what, what is this? Mm-hmm. And shout out to Dominate Impulse, because you just got your podcast up now, bro, and I really appreciate that. If you want, like, comics, just straight comics, go talk to him. I just had to throw that out there. No, that's but, that's, but, Sorry for my going on too long. No, no, you're fine. Like, I, I was like, I, I had names, and I was like, I'm missing one. I'm missing one. Okay, no, we're good. <laughs> you don't even need to know how much time we in this. But, uh, <laughs> you really don't. Like, this shit's awesome. Like, this is what it's about. Like, mm-hmm. I know stuff. You know more. Help teach me. about that. Help, help enlighten me how this has brought forth you to be able to do stuff in life. Because, like, I've said it before many times. I feel like if you love Nintendo, you're a better person. He really think he really think so? Not like as a bad way. It's not being biased, but I feel like you look at things a little differently. Like just like because you're not hardcore. You're not hardcore at all. I'm not hard. What, what do you mean, like, like personality wise? Personality wise, like you're like when because when you play Breath of the Wild, you feel like more energetic, joyful compared to playing Call of Duty twenty four seven. Because well. <laughs> I don't know if you like first person shooters besides oh, yeah, Metroid. I do. <laughs> so you play Call of Duty and stuff. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. say that you're like hardcore, but it's like people that play Zelda or mm-hmm. Mario. They seem more upbringing. Like we've had this conversation many times. Like people that play Nintendo, like like love Pokemon or something. Like they're more friendly. That's what I'm trying to say. Like they're willing to help you, each other out. Because, but like with Zelda. It was like one of those games like where no one wanted to tell anybody anything. It's just that everyone had mutual respect for everybody. Because like, I asked you one question, <laughs> I didn't need, need to know anything else. Right. <laughs> like, I just, I just want to know, how the hell did you do that? How do you get there so I can do that? Right. And that's how I feel about anything. Like, I'm pretty sure you guys are more uplifting in the sense of you'll help someone if they need it. Definitely. I mean, I think I see yeah. what you're saying. That, I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. If you like Nintendo more, you have more of a sense of community rather than, like you brought up Call of Duty, it's more competitive than put yourself against someone else. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Say it. Um, and like I said, PlayStation or Xbox, because they're doing a great job, and I have a PlayStation 4, and like Persona 5 is a is shitting on all the previous four <laughs> Final Fantasy games. I'll go on record. I said this to Sean. I said Persona 5 makes Final Fantasy 15 look like a bad Backstreet Boys breakup. <laughs> I mean, it already looks like a boy band game. So. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of it. I mean, you see how many games I have. Yes, I've like, played. This is an so. amazing collection. Like, <laughs> I haven't seen shit like this in a while. Like, I'm looking at GameCube, Wii, no Sega Chances. This I'm, man is I'm a big the, Sega fan too. Sega, so so you like Sonic, right? Yeah, I like Sonic. <laughs> you have any, yeah. uh, I mean, not it, really. It I mean, be good, but it'd be good. That's all I gotta say. I mean, I'm more hyped for Sonic Mania uh, because that is the game I've been wanting Sega to make for a decade now. Well, you know what you can get me for my birthday, right? What? You know what you can get me for my birthday? What, what can I get you? 
Street Fighter 2. <laughs> Street Fighter 2? Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about anything else right now. I mean... <laughs> birthday is in July, but the game comes out in May. You guys can work something out. Right? Okay. Yeah. I'll, get that, I'll get that on the back burner. Oh, it's only like 20 bucks, you know. But 40, yeah. actually. But, but not a that not a either, guys. <laughs> but is there anything you want to ask me? Uh... Like, I thought I had like, something written down, but yeah, I do have something I want to ask. Okay, appreciate it. What uh, do you hope to accomplish with this podcast? Shoot, bro. What I really am trying to do is see how it hasn't made a huge impact the pop culture itself. Mm-hmm. Like, Pokemon Go has made, up for a second, like, people got to see what gamers like growing up. And, like, you... And, like, uh, what I'm trying to say is that I went to school and I saw the setting of how what my professors wanted. They wanted it to be, well, what do you think? And what do you think? And like, it's, it's the first thing my opinion really mattered and it brought forth ideas. And like, that's what all it is. Like, we want ideas to circle and to become better people. And like, your idea is different compared to my idea. And I and we're gonna have conversations about it. I'm like, well, your idea is this, my idea is this, but how can we mesh it together to make this society better? Because like people say, America's bad when it's really not. It's just the fact of what's going on with our life. I'm a writer and like I personally use other people's lifestyles, mm-hmm. like just to be able to create a character sometimes. And, like, I'll go on record, like, my latest play is called The World Ends With You, and it's really inspired by Nomura's uh, DS game, The World Ends With You. Mm-hmm. And I've never played that game. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I have it. Never played it. It's all right. It's got cool aesthetic. The, I mean, like, just the idea of, like, the world ends with you. Just the idea of, like, whatever you do in life will end with whatever choices you make. And I, I guess why some people like their Mass Effect game, to be able to make choices... Or why people enjoy it so much. Mm-hmm. And like me being a playwright, I want to be able to say, well, this brightens your day. I can see you enjoy acting. Let me help you out in some way. Because I, I'll go ahead and go to the record. There's going to there's gonna be another podcast I'll make that's centered like Alice Isn't Dead or Welcome to Nightville or Hello from the Magic Tavern. Because yeah. I like the idea of like hearing people's voices and like interacting with each other and like I just love story I love lore Harry Potter is dear to me and it always has been always will be (laughs) I mean it's just it's just amazing that something like that would make me be able to read a book because before then I wasn't really reading like my mom will say I read but it wasn't intensive intensive that makes sense and like, she made me read some crazy-ass shit since then. Like, like I got grounded one time, and she said, well, you've read everything in the house. Read this book. I said, do I have to read this shit? I didn't cuss at her. Like, do I have to read this? <laughs> <laughs> like, do I have to read this? Like, yeah, you have to read this. You know what book that was? What? Twilight. Oh, <laughs> you Yeah. So, like, I've read, I've, I've read a lot, and... That's good, though. That's a very good... Um, yeah. I've never heard of that kind of 
punishment that's as if that you were worried. No, that's that's fantastic because you know you you're teaching your child. That's great. Yeah. She sounds like a cool person. Yeah. yeah. So like you got to read this. I was like, damn, I really got to read this shit. I don't want to. And like, I was like, okay, this is actually pretty not bad. You know, so when I get to the second book, I'm like. This is trash as fuck, man. I don't really care for it. Third book. Oh, okay. Now we talking. Shit going on. And fourth one, I'm like, okay. She ended that. Did you, you feel like that when you talk to people, you know? Like, you're like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, what are you into? And then you're like, oh, no, that makes sense. Or, like, it opens your perspective. I'm really an open book, for real. Like, I'll talk to anybody. Like, like I literally, like, last weekend had to do a wedding. I was a best man. I didn't do a best man speech because my best friend didn't want me to do one. Fine. So I had to dance for two hours instead. Just dance two hours instead. That's pretty brutal. <laughs> I love to dance though. Like I'm not good at it, but I just enjoy it. Like, yeah. like so. It's just you gotta be an open book sometimes. It all depends like who you are and like. I feel like this podcast is good for people that just want to get a little insight on everything because like we haven't even touched on the fact of. Like the DC universe and this mythological creatures behind it, because like you can honestly say the Flash is Hermes. <laughs> you can honestly say that. You can say that oh, Aquaman yeah. is Poseidon. You can say yeah. You can say yeah. You can say anything is influenced by it, or like and like what Alex said. And what we always refer back to him because like shout oh, out to wow. him. He should be on <laughs> this podcast. Yeah, or yeah. <laughs> yeah, he should be. Um, <laughs> but just like legacy, like. Legacy of enjoying stuff, and like, I, like I said, like, I believe in Christ, but not Christianity, and like, I'll probably get backlash for it, because I believe in, that he's my savior, but I don't believe in it. The question was like, what major impact in the last year happened to you that made you a different person? Well, I'll go ahead and say on this podcast, I got, I got a new car, thought it was a shit, the same one, kind of. Got a new car. That was the shit. And was going to up to Frankfurt to see my friends because, like, I play Magic the Gathering as well. So mm-hmm. I'm that big of a nerd to, like, I'm actually trying to get into Dungeons and Dragons. And we are, too. We are too. Don't worry. <laughs> really? Right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, we might have to do something. <laughs> yeah, we've been wanting to find yeah, someone to do a the, campaign. Yeah, that's, uh... Alex Sutton, that one piece one that we've been talking about. I know you're listening, man. But, um,. That would be great, because we've been trying to get that to start. But we were going, I was going up there, and I was. it was just the road, like, after work, mm-hmm. and I got hit by a semi. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. Yeah. And it kind of opened my eyes a little bit, like, I feel like I was un- injured, not injured whatsoever, and, like, my aunt, called, I called my aunt, talked to her, and she said, like, Materialistic things can be replaced. Lives mm-hmm. can't. And it's like, that makes sense. But, like, I had to drive back home, like, that same weekend. That same weekend, like, I still made it to where I was supposed to go. Got, was able to come back. I was scared coming back. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, like, after doing that. But I made it through Louisville. Like, Louisville, where we located. <laughs> and it really made me, I actually screamed out loud, like, Hell yeah. I, I know that that wasn't my fault. There's no way in hell that was my fault. And I felt so great about it. And I, when I got home, I said, I still had a great weekend. I said, God is good. I always believe in that. But for him to 
had me come away unharmed. It made me think I was, he has something bigger in store for me. And I don't know what it is. I don't want to know what it is. But whenever it happens, I will always be gracious towards him. So people say, well, you need to go to church. I'm like, no, that's not it. <laughs> that's, not, that's, not, that's not the case. I'm like, I feel like there's a lot of influence. And, like, there's people like Mallory she thought, like, well, we're not going to talk that long. Well, we've been talking for an hour and 45 minutes. You just don't realize it because yeah. you're so engrossed in conversation. Like, I don't have to use the term. Like, I've been drinking water, but we've been so deep in conversation just about video games, and it's amazing. Like, Metroid, i got to go back and play it. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Uh, and so, like, I'm handheld a- ones are good, too. Just, <laughs> yeah, I guess that, like, I feel like I'm a nerd. I love it. Good, man. Like, I enjoy it. Like, well, they said, well, you're a nerd because you play video games, but like, well, hell, if you're into, if you like being a doctor or some shit, you're a nerd as well, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, so, like, over specialization, any kind of, kind of area, you know, it's usually, usually indic- indicative of nerdiness. Yeah. Hard. Yeah, like I said, like, I got a friend, she's really studying to get her doctor right now, and I hope to have her on soon. That'd be awesome. Yeah, like I said, I would love, like, she knows it. Allison Hughes, you know who you are. (laughs) But, uh. I was gonna ask you that too. Do you only interview people who do, I would, I guess you wouldn't call it nerdy now, because, like you said, anything could be nerdy, but. Yeah. We go, the premise, because it's labeled as a video game podcast, it labels. I feel like it's more of a comedy, though. (laughs) It really is. And my goofy ass is gonna be on the video, right? (laughs) But, yeah. no, no, it will focus. Like, I will go solo myself. I've said that in the last episode. That I will go solo. The fact where I will focus on, like, Percy Jackson. Like, this, this whole series. Like, the first set of the book to the second half. And see how the, everyone connects with it. Like, it's characters. It's a setting. How Rick Ryden was able to uh, make it great. Because, he, like, he had to do a lot of research. Or, like, I would do in Chronicles of Narnia, like, C.S. Lewis. Not a lot of people like it, but that's due to the fact he was so submersed into his way of Christianity mm-hmm. that it just naturally happened. And, like, I, I like one book I would recommend, not the one which is a wardrobe of that series, but I would recommend The Silver Chair because it's a really dark tale of the Narnian world. And that's probably the best one of them all for me. Because, like, Jill... Jill Poe is one of my favorite characters of all time. Like, as, and, like, we keep on going back to female characters, and it's awesome that, <laughs> that we can relate to them. But, right. like, that girl really was someone that didn't know she was special, and she ended up there. And it was awesome. Yeah, I hope <laughs> one day, too, you know, it, it won't even be won't a be big a thing. deal. Yeah. yeah, and, like, like, I just noticed that, like, just, like, we near... Automata. <laughs> I was, I was going to get to that in my recommendations. Okay, yeah. like so, what do you recommend? Video game. Uh, near uh, Automata um, or Automata, however you want to say it. Um, it's already in my top ten. Top ten? Really? Uh, yeah. You um, you mentioned what I would probably listen to on my MP3 player. It's probably the game soundtrack. It's uh, absolutely insanely good. Um, that game is so good. I highly recommend anybody to play it. Do you like Platinum's like kind of actiony? Yeah, kind of games. Yeah, um, so Platinum's like Devil May Cry. 
Right. Yeah, that kind of like action based. Well, it's, it's that, and it's you know mixed with just a, such good storytelling. The director of uh, that game, uh, Yoko Taro, he's such a um, driving vision. Like his creative vision's like so up there. It's, it's insane. It's the storytelling, just the gameplay, everything comes together, and it, I mean, it varies up too in some weird ways. Sometimes it's kind of like a weird game sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, very sad, uh, mostly sad, but still kind of happy. It's got, <laughs> it's got hope. Uh, it's got just an aesthetic that I love, a story that I love. It's probably my favorite game this year, and I know it's funny to say with Zelda also right there on the corner, but it kind of sucks because I feel like Nier came along and it goes, Hey Seth, here's a game that you're going to love <laughs> because it ticks every... I know we keep talking about ticking boxes, but it's going to tick every single box on your you're going to love this list for you. Yeah. And it did. It's uh, so good. I highly recommend it. You should check it out. Uh, I, I, like, it's on the to-do list. Uh, and like also, sports is also something I love, so there will be sports chats on here. Like, oh, just, yeah. Yeah, love it as well. Oh, well yeah. yeah, you yeah. said that. Yeah, Daniel's uh, <laughs> I was like, Daniel, help. I mean, I don't know anything about him. Okay, but yeah. you said you said basketball and football. Yeah, I say go soccer. Soccer? Yes. It's kind of random. <laughs> no, no, no. It's probably the best sport I've ever made. Hmm. Yeah, because I say that because that's one sport like where you can see that it's a team based, and like when I've actually made a po- some poetry about it, like about soccer. That, like, it's not even the the plays that are being, like, the build-up is great. Scoring one goal in soccer means a lot, and it's amazing. But, like, the actual chanting of the crowd, if you ever watch a Barclays Premier League game, just listen to the crowd. Don't even watch the game. Just listen to the crowd. Just hear all the chants. Regardless if they're losing or not, they want the whole fucking game, and it's amazing. You don't see that in any other sport. If you were to watch the Golden State Warriors... And the Cleveland Cavaliers play, and one team is blowing the other team out. Half that building's fucking gone. <laughs> half that fucking building's gone. You see it in soccer. You see people crying and trying to hope, like if they score, they're going to get back in the game. It's yeah, that big yeah. difference. I, I do. I do hear that. It's like, especially in Europe, it's like the most. And the problem with the with soccer is that like we only get the game FIFA here, mm-hmm. and like. MLS is kind of like the D-League of soccer, like D-League of like the bottom tier yeah. of it. There's not, there's better exposure for that game, of the game of soccer, than there is any other sport. Because like someone said, like, oh, I don't hear anything about soccer. Soccer's not that great. I said, it's the fastest fucking growing sport in America right now. How do you not hear about it? Well, I don't believe that. A kid on the Ellen Show said that he wanted to see a Manchester City game in England. Oh, well, I stand correct, guys. <laughs> but what are the things you have recommend? Like, what movies? Uh, well, I don't really watch anything that's unheard of, honestly. I just watch movies mostly that are popular. Uh, kind of cheating a little bit. Uh, <laughs> because I heard that you haven't seen Inception yet. Who? I've seen Inception. I thought you said you didn't. That's Alex that has okay. said Inception. Alex? Right. Misheard. I was going to be like, you watch that movie. I love yeah, it. I love, I love that, movie. that movie. What are you talking about? That's um, probably the best. That's one of my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movies. 
Yeah, uh, anything by Christopher Nolan, uh, I'll definitely recommend. Uh, damn, the Batman so. trilogy. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd, even if three, even even if Rises is technically not the best movie, I'd, I still absolutely adore it. Mostly, it's, it's hilarious to me. It's my sense of humor. Just, just man, it's just oh, it's that, it's that voice, it's everything about him. Uh, I mean, I think The Dark Knight's amazing. Uh, Batman Begins is it's all right. I, like it. I, I I grew on it a little bit more the more I watched it because the first time I was like whatever and then just <laughs> moved on to the Dark Knight but yeah uh, anything Christopher Nolan like Interstellar or two I haven't uh, seen that one I need a you haven't seen Interstellar go see then go see that Interstellar it's amazing like I said I will do a recap on everything that people recommend and I will watch that's well, I, that's that's part of growing as an author or reading a reader or even a gamer just being able to grow and like like I said I can't do all this by myself that's why I've been inviting people and like look how does this influence you like how does this make it different what made you enjoy it more than someone else because someone might say well well the first game is better than Metroid like really but they're all still the platform of the icon the icons of the actual company. So please enlighten me how this one makes it better. Then we'll have our conversation about it. And then at the end of the day, you learn something. I learn something. But let's move forward. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't... You've probably read more books than I have. Uh, so book recommendations are kind of hard. Oh, um, gosh. Yeah. A little bit. Um, but... I do read, uh, because I am a huge gaming nerd man, I do read a lot of non-fiction, especially about the uh, game industry, because that kind of stuff fascinates me. Non-fiction, okay. Um, you should read the book Console Wars, have you seen that? No. Uh, they're making a documentary and a movie about it, but it's basically about Nintendo versus Sega in the early 90s, and I have that book physically and digitally. It's very good. It's okay. very informative. It's, it's, it's a informative kind of like documentary type thing but also they dramatize the dialogue and those read like actual book chapters and uh, it's great especially if you are a huge game history buff like me like, it's I'll, just I'll super just, good I'll check it out if it's a non-fiction okay yeah they're making a, a documentary based on it and also a live action film with like uh, fucking James Franco star um, Seth Rogen is like producing it so yeah mm-hmm Okay, um, you got any book recommendations? Um, probably, like he said, not anything that you haven't already read. Yeah, it's kind of Harry Potter's my favorite, so. Oh, yeah, like, we, like, I'm just going to have to have you on here, and we'll just talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that, yeah. You will? will okay. I will go over theories and stuff, yes. Okay, that's fine. I'll see you in about I, I, two weeks. I'm saying, and I will sit in, because. I, okay, you sit in, like, yeah. for real. You guys are really cool people. Actually, this is, like. Interesting enough, I met Seth at GameStop. Just, really? Yeah. No, actually, yeah. I, I think it was at uh, Papa Grande's. It was at Papa Grande's. Yeah. I just yeah. knew. I just knew his name. I just yeah. knew. I already knew his name. He had his friend. I was like, oh yeah. So you, you play games too? Oh cool. Snap. And like, it was just right around the same time that I was thinking about doing the podcast. The thing about doing a podcast for a year because the biggest inspiration behind it was the Joe Rogan experience and Rooster Teeth. Those two podcasts, like, mm-hmm. like they're funny and like, there's some insight behind them. But 
I was like, I want to do it. So what does it actually take to do a podcast? And then it's like all the hard work behind it. And you're like, fuck, I gotta do it. And like, and like, once you start recording, like, if anybody needs help, it really is not that hard. Like, like if you didn't realize, it's a rough start at first. Just rocky. It's a little rocky. It's rocky, rocky and I love it. I love it, though. It's rocky at first, and all of a sudden, like, the more you get into it, like, I can tell you right now, we're two hours in. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're two hours in, and people are like, why is your podcast so long? I'm like... You really don't think about it. Yeah. You really don't think about it. And it's a deep conversation. You don't want to just, like, there's so many things we haven't discussed. And it's like, well, I got to, we, we all do at the work, unfortunately. <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, so work on your th- video game every week. Mm-hmm. I try to do it more than once, but yeah. But whenever we have time. Yeah. That's cool. But. Going on about long podcasts, uh, yeah, I usually listen to a uh, giant bombcast every week, and that's, I mean, I don't know why people think two hours long podcast is three, three and a half fucking hours long. Try so. Dan Carlin. <laughs> Dan <laughs> Carlin is fucking five hours long. <laughs> I mean, I thought that's what, I thought that was the average. I, <laughs> I didn't know people like listen to podcasts that were less than like two or three. Like, this, like, it's not going to affect me or anything, but like, it's actually a recommendation that you keep your podcast around 30 minutes. Wow. That's way too short. That's not enough. It's short because uh, people aren't as attracted to longer. I mean, yeah, it's an investment of time, but hey, if you got nothing else better to do at work, might as well pop one in. Yeah, and I said, well, that's the point of Audible Books. Audible Books actually lets you do that. Because, like, I'm listening to The Will of Time right now at work. Yeah, but I mean, that shit is fucking awesome. If you like George or R. Martin, you are going to love. Robert fucking Jordan, and he did. He said something at the end that was really cool. I said, "What do you like? What do you listen to? Or like, what do you read?" He's like, "Oh, I listen to my book because I want to see what other people think about it." That shit sticks to me right now. And I heard that shit three days ago. He said that. I was like, "So you listen to your own shit just to hear what someone else says, or like how they would say the character?" Yeah. I'm like, "That's yeah. fucking awesome. That's interesting. I love it. I need to." I just need to just stay with you, bro. Like, like, I need to keep reading you. Like, I, I definitely <laughs> want to read that series. That's that was on, that was that was way high up there. Uh, yeah, you like that's up there. I I uh, actually wasn't recommended to me by anybody. I was just looking into some famous high and uh, high fantasy, and and that was up there. So I was like, and I read the premise, and I was like, yeah, I should probably read this. But, yeah, like, but it's pretty long, so it's fourteen books. Yeah. Yeah, I think you guys enjoy it. You want to plug anything? Not yet. <laughs> you don't plug anything? Nothing? Like, it's in the works. It's I'll in the works. It. You want to plug anything? I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, this concludes the second, I mean, third episode. God, we're actually three deep. I can't believe this has gone on. Three deep. For the three deep. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the third episode of Word of Influence. I am Perry Morton. Uh, leave a review, because that would be awesome. It really would help and like towards me and any posts that you want to see back on because I'm pretty sure people are going to enjoy this. I hope. I don't know. So. You can find me on Twitter by Perry Engulfed 14. Shout out to all my K-State people that are graduating in a week. Love y'all and catch y'all later soon. Peace. <laughs>